Chappie would say. Fucking just hit the res bull. <laughs> just hit the res bull. He had that tiny little fucker. Like, you remember that little fucker he always had? That he would just, like, fucking, like, just, like, heat the fuck up and then, like, touch the lighter to and fuff on it and always get, like, res hits from it. What? It was, like, a clear piece, but it was, like, solid black. What did it look like? It was just real tiny. Like, just a real tiny little one he had. Oh, I don't remember baby this one. one. Yeah. It's been so many years, goddamn. Well, I can't Pappy remember. always had it. Pappy has a cornucopia of different things. <laughs> yeah. At least he doesn't have his folder anymore. Huh? At least he doesn't have his folder anymore. That was a bad folder. Yeah. It was a bad folder. You don't want to know what's in that folder. Not good things came from the folder. But that's a, that's a talk for another time. Welcome back. It's Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. What's going on? We're back. Uh, this episode, don't give a damn. Like I said, we uh, we're not keeping track of the episodes right now. Kind of an important day for us, though. It is an important day, as you guys will. Um, this might put a little bit of a timeline into like how we're recording our stuff, so you guys might pick up on it. But uh, today we released uh, our first episode, Woo-hoo. our episode one on Amon Gert. We uh, we put up on uh, SoundCloud today. We fucking released. We're fucking out there in the world. I'm excited. I'm fucking pumped. I keep swearing. Even though my car broke down today, that's why I'm swearing. See how long it takes for people to get to this episode then? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just excited. We finally, we're finally out there in the world. We freaking we released. Um, I checked it. People were already viewing it this morning. We already have like 16 likes on it. Oh, yeah. nice. As soon as, I, as soon as I dropped it, I would like my whole car incident happened. Then when I got into town <laughs> in the morning, I looked and I was like, damn, 16 already? Like, I didn't even expect like really that many people to like, because the Facebook pages, the Instagram, the Twitter, like not a lot of people follow it yet. Yeah. I sent it, like, like it directly to like some people and stuff, but. Yeah. Same. I'll do that. I'll just drop it and like right into people. Um, but yeah. We're excited, yeah. people. Thanks for fucking, thanks for being here with us. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But today, uh, today with everything going on in my personal life, uh, totally sidetracked everything that I was doing. Mike hit me up about still doing an episode, so I threw one around a little bit. And we are going to be covering Talion of the Black Gate, <laughs> or the main protagonist from the video game shadow of mordor and shadow of war which is like a spin-off of um it's like a spin-off game of like characters and the world of J.R. tolkien's lord of the rings so if you're a fan of that we're gonna go into well i am so seth gets his first uh first episode of me talking mm-hmm. my fucking ass off on a research topic mr spooky wraith man Mr. Spooky Wraith Man. Yeah, that's that's who we're covering today. Um, it's just a game that I bought recently, and I really like the story because me and Seth were talking about this beforehand. It's not a can. It's not actually part of the canon of Lord of the Rings. Like Tolkien didn't actually write it, but they got obviously access to like use the Lord of the Rings universe and their logos and all this kind of stuff, names and and voices and stuff like that. And uh, they just made this cool story that like and they and they went pretty well with like the lore. There's there's a couple of things that breaks it. Like I've seen videos online where it says like 
it, nine different ways the game breaks the lore, but uh, ultimately, kind of like nitpicky things. Yeah, though, I feel like yeah, they're you know. very nitpicky. Yeah, uh, just honestly, for I'd argue this is the most canon non-canon <laughs> game you could play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It is the most canon non-canon game you will ever play. If if somebody didn't d- distinctly tell you this isn't canon, you probably wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea until you guys brought it up. Like, even a lot of the stuff that like people say aren't canon and like breaks canon, it like really even if it's not a specific detail that was like mentioned out by Tolkien or his son. I know his son finished some of his works. Um, it's really believable, super believable. Yeah, like from that little bit that you guys were playing and stuff. Sorry that you were seeing me play. It's just like super super believable to me. So that's why I like it. That's why I picked it. And you know what? This is room to fucking talk. <laughs> Minus the fucking. But you know, as usual, got a couple news stories going on. Mike, the newsman, has some <laughs> topics for you. I'm going to get my mind stay right. Mike, what do we got today? So uh, a Florida man was accused of setting his own truck on fire to give deputies something to do. <laughs> Not... Not for the insurance. No, no, no. Specifically. Yes, to give that's what, something to do. Now, he gave that reason, right? Yeah, that's like like quotes from him. Good. I, I think these emergency responders are, you know, they're getting lazy. We need to give them something to do. <laughs> How old was the man? Uh, I feel like the man was like in his 30s. Oh, 28. 20? Uh, what? What the hell? When was this? Uh, December 18th. Wow. Okay. Uh, 2020, I guess. Why is he... Deputies said they received reports of loud explosion on Mare Creek Road in uh, Crestview on December 18th and found a 2002 Chevrolet Silverado fully engulfed in flames. When authorities arrived on the scene, 28-year-old Kevin Murphy immediately admitted to starting the fire. Immediately. <laughs> me, they're just rolling up. He's like, officer, right here. It was me. <laughs> this I is did what it. you gotta do. Hey, son, could you tell us what? No need, officer. I did it. Wait, what? I did it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw the whole thing with my own two eyes. So this shouldn't be a surprise, but when he was searched, he was found with a glass pipe used to smoke methamphetamine in his pocket <laughs> and a folded up dollar bill with traces of meth in his wallet. Real quick, real quick. You like picking out these meth stories. I mean, I just... It's in Florida. What do you expect? Yeah, Florida's like deep into meth country. Yeah. Now, like, now, do you pick these because you see the meth, or you just pick like a funny thing and it just happens yeah, to be I, meth I, related? I see the headline of Florida man accused of setting his own truck on fire to give deputies something to do, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Clicking it, scroll down like three paragraphs. Oh, yep, he has meth. Involved. Of course, there's meth involved. <laughs> it's Florida. There's always meth involved. So when he was questioned, he said he wanted he quote he wanted something for the sheriff's office to do and he wanted to give himself an early christmas present so he set his truck on fire how is that an early christmas present for him i don't know but (laughs) he doesn't even elaborate a little bit merry christmas you lost your truck i guess he just wanted to watch the deputies do their job as they put him in the paddy wagon yeah i was gonna say they cuff him what so uh, he claimed he poured gas inside his chevy's cab and then under the truck and then created like a little trail away from it to lay it on fire he At said, least he was smart about that. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine he, like, he turned his back on and like, threw his a little match or whatever. It's all explode behind him. Time slew down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, deputy said no one was injured, but the fire did cause minor damage to a nearby vehicle and building. Oh, and wow. They called the fire department, and they then extinguished all the flames. Yeah, probably popping in different parts of the fucking 
I mean, what the tires can explode, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, probably stuff in the engine block too. And just burning tires isn't like that good for the environment either. Just all that burning rubber and shit. Yeah. Very true. Very He's true. He's facing uh, charges of second degree arson, possession yeah. of methamphetamine, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Well, you know, you probably shouldn't set your truck on fire and then call the cops while you have meth on you. Put it away. Probably. Oh boy, it's Christmas. I'm lighting the truck on fire. I don't know which is the worst offense. Lighting the truck on fire or having the meth? Well, see, this was my like, fault. Like, what do you get in trouble? F- what do you get less in trouble for? That's a good it's, point. It's his truck. He didn't steal the truck. Like, assuming like he owns the truck, I don't know if he has like a lease on it or what. Like, I'm assuming this is his truck, bought and paid for. Yes. I mean. You should be allowed. To, I guess it's not good for the environment, well, but still, like, there, there's environmental concerns. You can. What if the truck explodes and catches the house next to you yeah. on fire? There's okay. It's so if I'm, in a, if I'm in a field, I should be able to burn my truck down. Well, what if the field catches on fire? Hmm. Okay. Um, what if it's a snowy? Yeah, it's probably, like, uh, one of the some of the really really big uh, fires in California recently have been literally caused by gender reveal parties. Yeah. Because like the the one somebody shot. A target that had a bunch of like explosive powder in it that you know poofs up into yeah. whatever color, yeah. and it caught the field on fire <laughs> because. And the guy's an idiot. It was like a hundred and five degrees, yeah. forty mile an hour winds, and they were in a drought. Oh. Why would you think shooting an explosive in the middle of a field? Would be, and he was law enforcement too. He was law enforcement. He was the cop. That's funny. <laughs> like, why? There's just certain things you you not you shouldn't do it, <laughs> regardless of if it's your property or not. You shouldn't do it. It is kind of it is fucking it is just wild when you do hear it. Just that something like that exactly what you're describing. It just sounds like something that you see or hear off of fucking just like a like a cartoon. Yeah, like a cartoon, yeah. Like literally like, a cartoon, like uh, a comedy, a movie, or something. Yeah, like something like you're watching The Simpsons or Family Guy, and they're all sitting down at the like watching TV and like the you know the stupid news reporters on those shows are yeah. like. Wildfire started by gender reveal party, and you're just like, oh, that's funny. Well, like, that never first... fucking happened. But no, it does because we're in fucking we're in 2020. Not anymore, but we were. It's like, like worst fire of like in like modern history for California too, caused by gender yeah, reveal party. Yeah, bro, and it's not the only nuts. one. There were a couple. Yeah, <laughs> they were going like California was going through it there for a while. Yeah, that's wild, man. These guys got you. These kids got to get off math, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> they got to get off math. That's crazy. We need to find some articles about people helping people On from... Math. Yes. We need to do that. Just like how we shout out the Satanic Temple for helping people with abortions Ooh. and stuff. We need to fucking find... Yeah, the uh, Satanic Temple's actually um, bringing a, course, uh, a court case against 18 different states right now for abortion rights. Yeah, I actually you- have that exact news story. Oh, nice. Good segue. <laughs> Good segue. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, I also have a video we can put in the description then. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we'll plug we'll plug this video that Mike's talking about here in yeah. the description. So, uh, like Seth said, the Satanic Temple is challenging 18 states' abortion laws with the religious exemption claim. They've uh, recently erected two billboards in Texas and Florida, encouraging followers to challenge state restrictions on abortions conducted during the first trimester by claiming that the restrictions violate the religious beliefs of Satanists. 
And like you remember, we talked about that on a previous episode. Yep, I was. I, was, like, I didn't want to interrupt you while you're there. I was going to wait till you're done. But I was going to say I can't exactly remember which episode. It might have been three. Yeah, it was pretty early, like probably like two, three, maybe two or, episode two or three. Uh, me and Mike, because we shouted out two times in a row. And now I guess we're back to it again. But this is uh, this is kind of cool uh, to follow up on it. Yeah, the Satanic Temple. That was their whole gimmick from like uh, Massachusetts, was it? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. Like, yeah. the Massachusetts Satanic Temple started, like, the ritual abortion. Yeah. And now, like, they're trying to, like, expand it all across the country. Yeah, and that's that's fucking awesome, man. That's awesome. And it's crazy that they're actually taking it to court against 18 different countries. 18 different countries. States. States. <laughs> well, constitutionally, it, it's no different than Christianity. You have to give every religion their freedom. It's a yeah. very interesting loophole. Yeah. Very so, interesting how this is going to play out. If a lot of laws come from What that, else you got on it, Mike? You just found a religion on the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. But that's going to cause a that'll cause a problem eventually down the line, I'm sure. You can't so, just make a religion for everything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can. That's the argument we're going to have to have eventually. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. <laughs> that's going to cause a problem down the road, but it's like it's all just made up. <laughs> but uh like like so we talked about this uh before. But they released a video about, like, explaining the religious abortion ritual that we talked about. So, like, they got, like, some people to, like, come out and, like, talk about it and they can, like, explain it and stuff. Hell That's yeah. the video I have, like, for the link. Very nice. Uh, and it explains the laws behind abortion rights and religious beliefs. It also instructs viewers on how to conduct the home abortion ceremony. Like, the remember that we talked about, like, how you, like, say that chant and, like, you either, like, take the pill or, like, you go and do, like, the abortion or whatever. Uh, yeah, it... The instruct, uh, it also instructs viewers on how to conduct a home abortion ceremony that provides spiritual comfort and affirms bodily autonomy and self-worth, which is like one of the tenets of Satanism. Uh, and then one of the billboards that I said about, uh, abortion saves lives, the group's billboards outside of Houston, Texas reads, pregnancy complications are the sixth most common cause of death among women between the ages of 20 and 34. Our religious abortion ritual averts many states' restrictions. And then the billboard goes on to like talk about the website and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty, like, especially in, like, in Houston, Texas. Like, I mean, I uh, probably, if anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I know what you mean, like, that southern, that, like, southern Christianity pride and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, Texas is really about your American rights. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's, yeah. like, hitting home, like, both ways. Yeah. It, it, like, it, they it, all, say it is, but in some ways it's not. It's definitely a very conservative state. In yeah, terms of, definitely very conservative. I'd say that I don't... A lot of people move there because of fucking, because of the way that they fucking. I mean, I mean, they just tried to secede again. <laughs> they filed for a motion to succeed again from I mean, the U.S. Why once, not? once again, not gonna happen, Texas. Uh, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention currently lists pregnancy complications as the ninth leading cause of death for women between the ages of twenty and forty-four. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, like, there's a lot of reason to, like, not force these people into having... That's one thing I always want. tell people, just, like, when they're so adamant, which I don't mean to get into it on here, but, like, when they're so adamant about the whole, like, like, yo, like... Whose no, life do you choose? Yeah, like, you can't, like, if, I just don't feel like it's really, like, right for a father to tell a daughter, to tell his daughter that she has to die... 
for his, for the baby that might yeah. you know what I mean that like is it you know what I mean in some instances like there yeah who knows how like the baby came about exactly yeah. I know I know my mom personally like when she had her tubes tied she had a tubal pregnancy same exact thing is like yo like she could have tried to have the baby or she also could have just bled the fuck out because yeah. it just wasn't gonna fucking work and stuff like that and it's just like I don't get how a man can tell you know what I mean yeah. can, like tell a fucking can tell a woman just like. You know, you got to do this. Like, I don't know. I just think it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fucked up. And it's kind of crazy that the satanic temple of all yeah, places. Of all like places. spearheading this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. No, that's absolutely awesome. That's why I always love the satanic temple. They're yeah, I, I love the satanic temple, too. They're they're great. Uh, another billboard from the group outside of Miami features a vintage <laughs> black and white image of two smiling young women from the 50s drinking bottled sodas and wearing button-down shirts and skirts. And the, a word bubble over one of the women says, Susan, you're telling me I do not have to endure a waiting period when I have an abortion? The other woman replies, that's true if you're a Satanist. The words, <laughs> our religious abortion ritual averts at, uh, uh, our religious abortion ritual averts many state restrictions is printed on the right side of the billboard below the group's logo, bearing a horned goat skull over a pentagram. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best billboard I've ever seen. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good billboard right there. They know how to make them. I need to see this billboard with a pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Uh, in the video, like the video that we linked, Jane Essex, a spokesperson for the Satanic Temple's religious reproductive rights campaign, states that the Supreme Court's 2014 Hobby Lobby decision reaffirms that individuals' rights to object... Ugh. He affirms an individual's right to object to laws that violate their religious beliefs, a right enshrined in the 1993 Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or the RFRA. So basically, you have a you have a right to not have your religious rights violated. Yeah, yeah, which is again was upheld. I mean, it, it wasn't given to you; it was just upheld then. Fair enough. <laughs> it's so crazy. We followed up with this. <laughs> yeah. Nah. It's an incredible story, and uh, the Satanic Temple is putting in some mad work. Twenty twenty, starting off fresh. Twenty twenty one, and like and uh, like I said, one of the Satanic Temple's like core beliefs is that one's body is inviolable and subject to their will alone. That yeah, I remember uh, when you first the first time we covered this, I I heard that and I was like, that's very that's I think that's really powerful. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's very that's like a really good group of words to put into a phrase and like put out there to people. It's like when you really like think about what he just said. Yeah, like, yeah. Your body is yours, invulnerable and subject to your will alone. Your yeah. will alone. Yeah. And don't touch me motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> that's the main like driving point behind like the religious argument for this is like that like that main tenor right there and saying that uh to make decisions about fetal or embryonic issues uh that they carry provided that the issue is unable to survive outside their body as an independent human being so like they're basically saying that like uh, if you could take it out and it would be like you'd be able to live itself, like that'd be fine. But you're not going to be able to. Mm, makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. For the first at least five months, it's pretty much a parasite. Yeah. And and by definition. By definition, I mean it can't live on its own. It requires a host. It feeds off the host. Yeah. It by definition could pretty well be argued that <laughs> fetus is a parasite. Very interesting. You know, for the first couple of months, and then eventually it. 
full, it develops to the point where it has a chance to survive outside the womb. Yeah. But... And we're not saying to get rid of those babies. No. But at the same time, like a woman, I definitely... But I know if, I'm definitely pro-choice. Yeah, but I if it's... I definitely believe a woman I, or anyone should have fucking right to exactly I what I don't think said. you have the right to tell a woman that she has to carry that baby if it's going to kill her. Correct. Or, you know, other stuff like that. I mean, if she wants to, all the power to her, but... Yeah. But that's yeah. her choice. Yeah. There are mothers that do that. There are mothers yeah. that understand the complications and they go through them anyway. They're saying that it's interesting. The, uh, they're saying that the following, like, like abortion, like current abortion rules, violate their beliefs. Uh, mandatory waiting periods, requirements that practitioners withheld certain medical information, compulsory counseling prior to an abortion, requiring like specific reading materials that they have to read, mm-hmm. medically unnecessary sonograms, which is like looking at like the baby, mm-hmm. uh, mandatory listening to the fetal heartbeat, and mandatory burial or cremation of the fetal remains. Like, mm-hmm. to tank double trying to do away with all that mm-hmm. throughout the country. I wouldn't say do away with it. Well, no, no, like, forced. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, if you want to, like, bury your fetus, like, you should be allowed to. Yeah. They shouldn't be forced to. Yeah. I Okay, I get you. Yeah. I get the forced, yeah. Like, you should definitely have that option to be able to do that. But I get you. I know what you mean. Like, some doctors guilting people who yeah, want to like, go about it. Like they they, they want to stop, like, th- like you having to go to your doctor. Like, here, here's, like, the like watch a video of the exact process of, like, watching them, like, scrambling your baby up. Mm-hmm. Watch them, like, like here's, like, this pamphlet with all these pictures of dead babies. Yeah, and like, forcing you to listen to the yeah. heartbeat. Like, yeah. that's messed up. Yeah, Psychologically, Sonogram making up. you look at it. Like, like, could you imagine, like, if you were raped and then, you, like, you got pregnant and you had to listen to the heartbeat, uh, like, before that, you could go through? Yeah, that'd yeah be that's messed up. Yeah, yeah. like, it's sad. Yeah, that'd be yeah shitty. That is uh, couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine as three dudes sitting in a room talking yeah. about this. But <laughs> we're pushing for you, ladies. We're fucking pushing for you. Uh, I mean, I. It's kind of on topic. I already announced it to my stream, but um, if anybody's uh, interested, uh, I will be having a child in right around my birthday, actually, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, if we have the date right, because she hasn't had her first appointment yet, but if we if we got the date right, its due date would be like literally six days after my birthday. Ooh, that's cool. So that's so, right there. Uh, you never know. Yeah, I was gonna say, and hey. most women don't carry to term; they go a little early. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> so give I a congratulations be a child to, on my birthday. Big old congratulations to Seth on that. Yeah, hell yeah, it's awesome. Uh, one more thing about the Satanic Temple before we go is that uh, Mike loves the Satanic <laughs> Temple. <laughs> they uh. They, their spokesperson said that they would the Satanic Temple would help provide legal support to any follower denied access to an abortion without the aforementioned restrictions. So like, they'll help people with like legal counsel and stuff like that if they want to try to fight it themselves. God damn. Yeah. They yeah. got some dough. Yeah, that's that's really cool. They got some dough to help some motherfuckers Especially out. Especially compared to like and not just every just literally compared to every other religion, you don't really see that much. Where you know they say, oh, if you have problems with your state laws, you come to us and we'll give you representation. Yeah, yeah. Where it's it's it, more of like the community where it's just like, hey, like brother Bill's farm burnt down or something like that. Like let's come together and help out in the congregation. More of like, but helping out with state. Yeah, literally like, fighting the state. Yeah, to change the law. That's something that doesn't you don't see that too often. With a fucking pentagram on the billboard. <laughs> yeah, a pentagram and a goat skull slapped right on the side of that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Slap it on Iconic. There. 
It's just <laughs> iconic. Like, who you know, whoever did, whoever was responsible for getting all this promotion, and all that stuff up, is just sitting up there, just looking with his hands crossed, just shaking yeah. it. Just yeah, very <laughs> proud of their own work. I would be. If I got a billboard with this with this fucking the satanic temple's name and fucking logo stamped on it, you're winning in my book. What are you gonna do when you grow up, Timmy? I'm gonna paint billboards with pentagrams <laughs> on them. As we were leaving work on Christmas Eve, I heard like I heard some people were talking. They're like, "Hey, like yeah, have like a Merry Christmas and stuff like that." And then one guy was like, "Yeah, fuck that, hail Satan!" <laughs> <laughs> Shouted across the White House, like, "Yeah, hail Satan!" <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, so I guess an exceptionally well-preserved snack bar was unearthed in Pompeii recently. A snack bar in yeah, Pompeii. Ooh. Uh, researchers have discovered a fresco thermopolium, or a fast food counter, in an exceptional state of the pres- of preservation in Pompeii. There's a lot of peas in there. What? The ornate snack bar is decorated with polychrome patterns, then frozen by volcanic ash. And in case anyone doesn't know, Pompeii was buried in ash when uh, Mount Vesuvius erupted in 79 AD. Yep. Killing just between 2,000 and 15,000 people. Just disappeared overnight. <laughs> How many people? Oh, uh, they estimate between 2,000 and 15,000. Wow. I I never knew when Pompeii was. I didn't know the date of, like, when it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. 79 AD. Yep. Wow. Uh, so I guess, like, the food counter was at a busy intersection of Silver Wedding Street <laughs> and the Alley of Balconies, and it was the Roman-era equivalent of a fast-food snack stall. Oh, okay. Uh, in the latest stage of their work, archaeologists have uncovered a number of still life scenes, including depictions of animals believed to have been on the menu, notably mallard, ducks, and a rooster, uh, for serving with hot wine or hot beverages. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I was about to say, what do you serve at a fast, fast food? food yeah. yeah. Like, it's just like a look into, like, ancient life. Yeah, just yeah, like no, a little fucking market. Really cool. um, I don't know if you guys might have talked about it in an earlier episode. Did you ever cover the... Uh, the fact that recently we found a guy in Pompeii who was frozen oh. while masturbating. <laughs> he went guy. out. He went out doing what he loved. Yeah, I don't know. Is he? Is it poor guy? Yeah. I mean, like he went out doing what he loved. Yeah, Mike. There's that, but like the world knows. Like, and they didn't. They didn't have to like spread that picture around. Like, like, like the researcher could have just been like, you know, uh, we'll just leave this one closed. <laughs> Yeah, they found him not too long ago. That was and like he's like looking there, like startled. Like it looked like someone like walked in on him. <laughs> <laughs> a volcano. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> like, can you imagine if it erupted at the time of climax? He could think he broke yeah, the but, world. But what if he didn't get to shoot? Like how? Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. How? Where does this? How do you even make an accusation that you found someone masturbating? No, he's like he's on you, his he's knee. like in the position. His hands like down by his like dick. He's like kind of like, like like in like yeah. a laying position almost. Like his knees like a yeah. He's bit on down. his knees. Like he's, he's got, got his like, hand like, there. Slouched. You can tell. Are man. you sure? Like, come no, on, you, like how can you say for sure be that this? Something mother- we put in the comments. We post a picture. <laughs> There's pictures. We're gonna have to find a picture and we'll link it when we release the episode because this. This is hard to believe. I, I'm skeptical it's great. on how you could possibly. It's how 
Trust I don't, me. Okay. Trust me. That man was hitting the head when the volcano exploded. Is it a skeleton? No, 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 no. He's covered in ash. Yeah, like, They're perfectly the, preserved. The bodies oh. are like coated and like hardened in ash. Yeah. They essentially got crystallized. As, well, not crystallized, but they they literally turned to stone essentially. Wow. Yeah. When the volcano erupted. That's it, how like the frescoes on this are like so well preserved because like yeah. it got coated in ash and then like it basically just like froze them in time almost. And Pompeii Whoa. got like buried at one yeah. point. We, so this we, dude's just holding his dick. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's a dick. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like it looks like almost like you, like you bake clay. Like, yeah, like but big clay out of like a what I was saying when like. you were first saying this, I thought you were saying like they found like a fucking skeleton. No, 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 like, no, no, no. Come on, like how do? You- no, he's he's preserved. Whoa, okay, <laughs> less skeptical. Um, but yeah, no, Pompeii. Like we might, but we now. might not put that picture in the. <laughs> <laughs> you you can, can put him from behind. <laughs> There's pictures of him from behind. You can tell. Trust me. Oh jeez. Um, but yeah, Pompeii like just disappeared. Like it got buried and disappeared, and we found it so many years later, and it it just gives us a good look That's into the past. Ancient fucking ancient fucking fast food gone in a fucking night. Yeah, yeah, just gone. Like the whole town, like just fucking buried. Yeah, that's fucking wild. I mean, I don't think like they got the town got buried overnight, but from like the f- ash, like oh, eventually, like the town was buried in just volcanic ash. Wow. Yeah, and we yeah, and you're, we, you can't live there. Uh, scientists were able to glean precious new information on gastronomic habits in the town dating from the eruption. And uh, it also wasn't only Pompeii that was engulfed. There was a neighboring town, too, that was also coated over. Uh, the team found a duck bone fragments as well as remains of pigs, goats, fish, and snails in the earthware pots. Some of the ingredients have been cooked together rather than like prepared separately. Kind of like a Roman-era pie, or paia. I think it's called. Yeah, pie. Yeah, I yeah. Think like when you like take like cook everything with like with the rice in like one big pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was crushed fava beans used to modify the taste of wine. Were found at the bottom of one jar. There was also uh, a water fountain and a fountain that were found alongside it, and alongside like the fountain that was like next to like this food stand, yeah. they found the remains of an older man, believed about in his fifties, and uh, the remains of a child. Yeah, the re- like the researchers say the counter seems to have been closed in a hurry and abandoned by its owners, but it's possible that someone, perhaps the oldest man, stayed behind and perished during the first phase of the eruption, kind of like protect the shop. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they didn't know that like it was the end form. They thought like maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. What? That's why I left the oldest to be, man. To if, be fair, you're not out. Even if you closed the shop and ran away, you're not out running the volcano. Yeah. So you might as well go down doing something you like, protecting your shop. Or <laughs> I like this part though. There was the remains of another person, maybe the, maybe those of an opportunist thief or someone fe- fleeing the eruption who was surprised by the burning vapors just as they had his hand on the lid of the pot that he had just opened. Ah, <laughs> oh. so, like there was literally like someone like pretty much like froze like looking at one of the pots. Oh man, could you imagine? Being caught trying to steal some fast food <laughs> thousands of years or hundreds of years later. <laughs> like, this is just like blowing my fucking mind right now. Yeah. Yeah, Pompeii is really cool. Yeah, Pompeii is really cool. I guess, and it's, uh, besides, besides like the Roman uh, cathedral, like this, like, like the Colosseum where they had all the gladiatorial battles, it's like the second most visited place in Italy. Yeah, well, it's such a good look back in history. Yeah. Like, the Colosseum's cool and all because it's big, it's there, but it, 
you, if you want to see what it, what it was like back in the, Pompeii. I mean, yeah, this is like I mean, the height of the Roman, like yeah, like right, like the, like right in the middle of the Romans. <laughs> if you want to just feel feel utter fear, well, that too, <laughs> and but. doom about what can fucking happen to you in the world. Well, there was that uh, one guy when Mount, when Mount Saint Helena erupted that uh, he like took his camera, like because he was videotaping like the pre eruption, then it erupted. And he was like, well, I'm not going to be able to save it. So he just huddled over his camera to, like, save the footage. Yeah. And, like, they found him, and they found, like, his camera was safe. Yeah. And it was actually really, yeah. really useful footage. Like, what? Yeah, they learned, like, a lot. Yeah, they learned a lot from that specific footage. <laughs> because, like I said, especially back in those times, even in these times, if you can see the volcano erupt, you're probably not getting away. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like, like knew the, that. Yeah. It's kind of like the nuke. If you see the flash, you're gone. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Pretty yeah, much. You're, you're done. <laughs> or at least you're going to be sick for a really long time. Yeah. Like you're going to wish you were dead. Yeah. I've watched, I was watching one of those infographics things on Facebook and it was like talking about the, 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 there was like a, I think it was like a Japanese scientist or some shit like that who was like the worst chemically burned nuclear like nuclearly poisoned person ever in the world with like he had the survival. most rads yeah <laughs> it was like and, was they, cool. and they used it they just like kept him alive like he could like they just kept him alive to study how his body reacted to so much radiation that he was exposed to and stuff and it just sounded dude it literally sounded like the the worst the worst torturous fucking thing yeah that could ever possibly happen to you like they kept him alive for years i'm pretty sure oh that's not good yeah with radiation (laughs) poisoning me die yeah eventually i don't even think like he could say that like that's what i mean is like for years he was just trapped in his own body with the pain and stuff like that it was just dude i watched that it almost made me sick yeah Yeah, that's not and it it wasn't even like a real video it was just like little cartoon character videos (laughs) that was just like Oh, he just like turns green and like loses part of his face. He's like walking around. Yeah, it's just like trying to like be like all like you know what I mean, like PG with it or some shit. And it's, just, it's not like real, you As know what I mean? Skin melted off his face and his bones slowly broke. Oh <laughs> my fucking god! Yeah. yeah, bro, it was terrible. Yeah, that's it's mm. terrible. So I got one more news story here. One more. Then we can get to your topic. <laughs> Already half hour in. So this is kind of like a mix between like the remember that lady that peed on the floor in the Verizon store, okay, and like the dude that was sending porn to the homies, okay. So this is kind of like a mix of that, okay. That's good. That's good because we just released episode one, and that has the <laughs> that's the feral Karens. Feral, oh so yeah, we have a mixture of the Karens. feral Karens. Uh, so a sex offender, thirty eight, spent hours glued to child porn on AT and T store iPad until horrified workers called police. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I saw that last night at work, and so the I wo- lost it. So the woman who pissed in, so the feral Karen who pissed in the Verizon store, and the dude who printed off the porn at Walmart had a baby. <laughs> had yeah, a baby, and this motherfucker doesn't have his mom or dad, and he's chilling in the Verizon store just looking up kid porn. <laughs> yep. So, a uh, sex offender pleaded not guilty to charges of pursuing child porn in the AT, uh, perusing child porn in the AT&T store. He was charged with offenses that include sexual exploitation, exploitation of a child and attempted sexual exploitation of a child for the April 18th incident in the store. 
He was, and then like the store employees said he was allegedly glued to that iPad for hours. Jesus. How did nobody call the police for hours? I mean, I like I guess this man's just in the store, just playing on his iPad for hours, and nobody thought to check on him or like. Well, finally, after the store closed, employees of the store searched the browser history of the iPad that the sexual offender had com- uh, commandeered and found shocking evidence of his porn browsing. He'd allegedly been visiting dark web child porn sites. So, like, I don't know how you get, like, onto a dark website through, like, the AT&T iPad. Yeah, that's... Like, how do you even do that one? Like, you can't, like, download shit on them, except from, like, the app store. And they don't have, like, stuff, like, blocking Yeah, I'm sure that's like, what they, I was I'm thinking. Sure they have, I'm like, like, a filter or something. Boy, apparently he fucking did. Blocked. He's out of this kid was set up. So, uh, well, he doesn't man. He's 38 years old. Well, this guy was set up, maybe. <laughs> Uh, when police officers got their hands on the iPad that the sex offender had used at the store, allegedly to look up child porn, they found German phrases that amounted to search terms for n- images of nude children. So, like, I he was, wonder like, typing if in German. I wonder if it's because the blockers are only designed for English. No one would know German. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the blocks on the, the iPad don't pick up different languages, so you can get around the search filter that way. That's fucking crazy how resourceful this motherfucker was <laughs> to fucking... I mean, he wasn't really stealthing it out, though. No. But. He had just got out of uh, jail, too, like... For like six, he was in prison for like six years before this. Oh man! For child porn? Uh, no, uh, I think I have it here. Uh, like what he did before? I don't know if but, we should. Uh, he had also apparently visited sites that showed underage victims being sexually assaulted. Man, like so he was looking at some like hardcore stuff with this AT and T. Jeez. And prior to the incident at the store, he was convicted in 2012 in Boulder County for sexual assault and burglary. He had stolen women's clothing from bathrooms and female dormitories at the University of Colorado and assaulted a woman acquaintance as she slept in a dorm. So I'm assuming he stole panties. That, and then probably. like assaulted somebody. Probably when she caught him. God uh, damn. And when eventually when they caught him, he confessed to looking at the porn in the store, but he denied that any of it featured children, and he also attempted to deny ever looking up German search terms for porn. Claiming that he must have gotten his German mixed up. He must have gotten his German mixed up. Oh, that right there is when you know he did it because, like, just argue that you don't know German. Oops. That's so much more believable. Like, sorry, of... officer, I don't know a lick of German, as opposed to, sorry, officer, I must have mistranslated. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I wouldn't be surprised if that man had methamphetamines on him. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> Who just goes into an AT&T Like Use your public library What? No No Don't use anything At all To look up kitty porn No We do not endure I need to cut this part Look up regular porn Yeah Don't Don't use anything Don't use your library Don't use your fucking Why the AT&T store? It's actually To be honest For regular It's a crime of convenience He was there He was at the AT&T store And he's like You know what I could go for right now If you're gonna go look up porn porn, Not child porn But if you're gonna go look up porn In public there's so many other places to do it where you're not gonna. It's probably for attention. the best. Now he drew atten- attention to himself, and he will get him. Th- yeah, the the right people will deserves. get. The right people will get him help. Good. Just borrow some stranger's phone on the bus and do it like that, like the normal person. <laughs> normal or just get person. a phone. 
Just get a phone. No, 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 no. That costs money. Yeah, I'm spending my money on this man right? went to AT and T. He could have. P- I guarantee. I There's guarantee. There's no way he, he has a computer. He could have made out better if he would have stole that phone. Yeah, if he just would have took the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. If he just would have took it, he probably would have made out better. Or you know what? Just break it when he's done. Just literally snap it in half on the table and leave. Yeah. Uh, like what are they? They're gonna get you for destruction of property, maybe, but they're not gonna get you for child porn, which is gonna put you away a lot longer. It's gonna get your ass beat in prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get your ass kicked in prison. Oh my goodness. Yeah, just snap it and then be like, oops, sorry, oopsie. <laughs> yeah, just sorry. Didn't mean that to happen. Oh, God. did I break it into your toy, Mike? We got we got to work on these news articles. <laughs> I'm just trying to give the people what I think the people want. It always has something to do with fucking Satan, child porn, Satan or meth. No, no, no. This is the first child. Uh, this is the first child porn one we had. Yeah. No, you said the guy in the Walmart. They said it was child no, it porn. Was, no, no. They they said. And it was he child claimed porn. it was. Like, no, it wasn't. Like the store said it was child porn, but when they looked, it wasn't. Oh. It was just regular porn. <laughs> See. See. <laughs> If he, that man would have used the library to look at regular porn, he probably wouldn't have got caught. Uh, goodness. Yeah, you can look at the porn library. What a fuck. See? You just can't masturbate in the library. Correct. You what can look at it all you want. Fucking intro. What an introduction. How am I supposed to go off of that? You just start talking about it. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Fair just enough. Just ignore it. <laughs> it's I mean, I can give us a wholesome news article that I read. Let me go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, a nice little wholesome one that... uh Palate cleanser. Yeah, a little palate cleanser here um, shows how not deserving of this planet we can be. Um, if if you didn't know, scientists have done a study and they found that elephants will, if they see a human passed out or sleeping, they'll cover them with branches and leaves to try to hide them from the predators. That's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Elephants are bros, man. Yeah, elephants are you are. sure? Yeah, they're just out here looking up for people. It's probably just all a big joke, because really what it is is like, one, if you're going to bury something under the leaves, the predator's going to sniff you out and just dig you out, that motherfucker. Not necessarily. They're trying to get you squished by other fucking elephants. They're like, yo, this <laughs> is fun. <laughs> like, yo, this is this drunk motherfucker. Like, we're going to kill this motherfucker. Cover him up. Ain't no one going to know. We're just going to get rid of this dumb motherfucker in the fucking safari. Fuck him. Yeah, elephants will try to hide you. They'll cover you up. It's crazy. I wonder what elephants have been known to like bury their dead. Like not like yeah. like dig a whole hole for them, but like kind of like cover them up. Yeah. So I wonder if they're doing like the same thing, kind of. Maybe they're super smart. So yeah, makes sense. If you're if you're sleeping or passed out and the and an elephant walks by, there's a pretty good chance you'll wake up with just a bunch of branches I over you. I pray to fucking God I never open up my eyes and an elephant <laughs> is the first thing that I fucking see. If I wake up and make the wrong fucking move, dude, we are you are oh man. <laughs> the elephants are actually really one, they're highly intelligent. Yeah, but I don't wanna spook it. Um a lot of times if you just don't run away, you're good. Like, yeah. if you just stand your ground, an elephant will realize you're not a threat, and it'll just let you alone. I think we covered that, too. Yeah, with gorillas, I think we said. Yeah, yeah with gorillas. But elephants are a lot about the same way. Yeah. You, like, I literally watched a video of a guy getting charged by an elephant. Yeah, the safari guy. And he guides. just stands there. Yeah, they just stand there. And, the, and, and then the like elephant him. just kind of comes up to him and, like... Stomps. Sniffs him and then walks away. Yeah, I guess like, it's fair. Like you're not outrunning it, probably. You're not outrunning like, an elephant. You, <laughs> if standing your ground is the only chance, you might as well take it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's just I can't imagine an elephant charging at me and just standing there. Like that yeah, takes it, some willpower. Yeah, 
That takes some serious. Yeah, knowing knowing us, we'd actually fucking do it, and that motherfucker would just but keep fucking just, just keep going. going. You think it'd be harder to stand in front of an elephant or a gorilla, like a silverback gorilla? No, a gorilla. A gorilla. No, no, see, bro. Dude, I'd rather, he is tearing you apart. The elephant's and gonna but, squish you like a steamroller. But, but the gorilla's like but, making like his teeth and like making like grunt noises at you. And but elephants I've have seen, tusks bigger than my body. Yeah, yeah, I've know, seen videos. Just, I've seen videos of people being calm around wild elephants and them being cool. I've seen fucking videos of people being calm around hostile gorillas and being like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> elephants are just huge. Yeah, I'd rather stand, Dude, I'd rather but that thing's gonna kill though. you. Like, that thing is gonna kill you in ways that you never thought that you could be killed. It's yeah. just gonna rip my head off and I'll be dead in a couple no, seconds. No, he's gonna rip your arms off and beat you to death with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll be dead in less than a minute. No, you're gonna, gonna pass gonna out in less than a minute yeah. and then you're gonna and wake up in the care. jungle with no arm. It's and gonna then, be chewing on your face. Yeah. If it rips my arm off, I'm gonna bleed out before I wake up. Dude. Fuck, dude, no. Elephant before gorilla. Thank you. Fuck that. I got you. Oh, man. <laughs> Those opposable thumbs mean a lot. Opposable trunk. Opposable <laughs> trunk. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Nature shower. Fair point. Fair point. Holy shit. What a fucking intro. Those are interesting news topics. I have two games to describe. Whole story of this motherfucker. What's his name again? His name is Talion. Talion of the Black Gate. He doesn't have a last name? It's of the Black Gate. Oh, okay. Mr. Black Gate. Oh, Mr. of the Black Gate. Yeah, of the Black Gate. It's it's all there. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if they call him Talion of the Black Gate, or I just kind of made that up. Um, <laughs> I, I they might. Think I can't they remember. call him that. I was going to say, I didn't think it came out of nowhere. Nobody ever refers to him as that in the story. Yeah. They just say Talion. Yeah. Caliper okay, the they'll say, uh, I think in the first one. Or Ranger. Before. Yeah, they'd say the Ranger from the Black Gate. Yeah. But yeah, I just said Talion of the Black Gate. I don't think it mentions uh, uh, his surname, I guess you would say. But I guess none of them really do because. Well, he doesn't have a surname at this point. Well, it's because, but even all the other ones were like something son of someone. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was like Mike McCloskey or Bud Walker. It yeah, must have yeah. been a bitch then. Yeah, it was like Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Yeah, Gimli, son of Gloin. It was like that was their that was their that's their fucking, naming convention. Yeah, in this world. But uh, he's played by actor Troy Baker. I figured I'd put that in there because shout out that motherfucker. You played a cool ass dude. Um, Talion was born sometime before 2941 of the Third Age. We're getting heavily into Lord of the Rings lore. So where does that like fall just like in... That's exactly what... Let me explain this. I'm going to explain a little bit of all this around real quick. And then I'll get to where where exactly... I I knew you were going to ask that. And I knew people were going to want to know. The people that actually are interested in this story so anyway he was born before 2941 of the third age and he died for the first time (laughs) he died somewhere between 2941 and 2999 now in 29 what yeah what does all this fucking mean like 2941 third age 2999 whatever First off, in Lord of the Rings, we are in the Third Age. The Second Age was the Age of Sauron and the War of the Ring and how Isildur cut the ring from Sauron. That started the Third Age. Okay, so 2941, for fans of the lore, is the same time that Bilbo went on the adventure with the Company of Thorn Oakenshield. 
Oh, so to, like to go face smog. Yeah. So he was born sometime before when Bilbo took that adventure. But the but this all takes place like leading up to the end of Lord of the Rings. He like dies leading, the, up, to the end leading of like, up to Frodo throwing the ring. Yes. Okay. Yes. It leads all the way up to the day that the one ring was cast into Mount Doom and by the creature Gollum and Frodo and them, like that whole and Samwise up there, Mount Doom, uh, which was March 25th, 3019 of the Third Age. That's they have like regular months. Hmm? They have regular months. Yeah, actually, I found I actually, when I was doing the research earlier today, I actually found a thing where it like when you clicked on certain highlighted parts, it like broke down events by the month and day. Oh, that's why okay. it said that you could do like that's why. Are the days all, like thirty? Like is there like thirty days in one? That's month? why I don't know with the moon cycles and stuff like that. I'm oh. not trying to. I don't. We're not going to get into that. Is it too much? Too way much. too much lore. This is already going to be enough because it's just a fan fiction. It's not actually considered canon, like I said earlier. But it's really cool how they weave it all, because like I said, it leads all the way up to that. I mean, it was still licensed by Lord of the Rings. like. Yeah, that's what I said. It was licensed by Lord of the Rings. It's just not considered actual canon. So yeah. you can't actually like take this story. But it's not like it's just say, like some dude in a basement wrote it. Like yeah. It's actually like a product. It's kind of like what Fallout I'm saying is like yeah. the Fallout series. Okay, Disney bought Star Wars from George Lucas. Now everything that Disney does is canon. So this isn't yeah. the same. So this company, though it has rights to use the name and the lore, and, and the, like we said, it's still sure not like, considered part. You can't take like this part of the story and these characters and put them into the story. But I'm sure there's still happened. like standards they had to adhere to when yeah. they were making yeah. the game. Like, I'm yeah. sure you can't have this character do they this. They probably be out of- and honestly, they probably wanted to because there's not really a game if you don't. Yeah, yeah. you and can't I'm, stay not. And accurate. I'm sure it's a lot of along the lines of like Fallout New Vegas, how it was made by a completely different company. Yep. So I'm sure it's got a lot of the same like stipulations that New Vegas had when they made their thing. They had to follow certain rules. Yep. And they had to do certain things. Guaranteed. Yep. And there are, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, there's a couple of nuances in New Vegas that people are like, that's can't be canon. Yeah. Because it, it physically doesn't fit with the main. So yep. they mess certain things up. But when you're a different company, you, you can't get everything right like yeah. you're gonna especially when you go into something as detailed as like lord of the rings yeah like you're gonna mess something up if that you world. aren't the one that wrote it yeah the yeah. world is just so fucking it's, it's so, so detailed yes um but at that like i said uh the first time he dies is 29.99 but then the actual time that he comes to the end of his days talion is march 25th 3019 of the third age when the one ring is destroyed by Frodo. Boom, boom, boom. So um, that's what, 20 years or something? 2999 to 3019. Yeah, it's 20 years. Uh, but he was born in 2941. Yeah, so he lived... So he was around 50. Well, no, but when he, he was, died. But he was like the wraith for 20 years. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to get into for the folks. Is the next thing, I, the next person I want to bring up is Celebrimbor, which... Uh, shows up in the game as like a wraith spirit like uh brought back kind of from a like a a ritual like a a blood sacrifice ritual he comes back as a wraith uh sauron tries to bring him back 
to help him and his minions like take over Mordor. But Celebrimbor has uh, other plans. However, when he first... Let me get back to when we first come up on the game, Celebrimbor isn't uh, in in the picture. Celebrimbor is an actual canon character. Uh, I won't get into him. I won't describe him too in depth right away because of later on and actually how the game how the game starts off. When he comes into play, he doesn't really have a memory of who he is. He has memory of like the world and different stuff like that. But he doesn't really like he just came back from the, he just got summoned back from like the shadow world. So he's like all over the place. And they kind of weave that as like you have to find these collectibles in the world and it helps you bring back his memories. Yeah. Stuff like that. So anyway, uh, before the game, he was bo- uh, Italian. The uh, was born Italian. The Ranger was born in Gondor and he married a woman of high birth, which he was of low birth named Lorith. Ooh, yeah. Scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know who didn't like that? Her dad? Yep. Good guess. <laughs> Good guess. Her dad didn't like it. Um, but anyway, uh, they were still hook, hooking it off. Um, an incident happened in Gondor where like, a nobleman was like, being disrespectful towards his wife. Italian didn't like that. And in the squirmish, she ended up killing the nobleman, which Ooh. brandished him a criminal, which made him basically his fate belonged to Gondor the like the judges and the different the higher ups in gondor basically you know his life was in their hand uh since uh lorith was carrying his child she begged her father to like save him and stuff like that and he didn't really want to but he did anyway and he basically they all moved to the black gate of mordor um he was her father was offered a chance to like be in charge of like the rangers on the black gate and hold back you know the armies of mordor and stuff which aren't really that bad right now because sauron has been defeated for a long time um either way he does that as like a sort of like yo get out of jail free card they're not going to kill you you just basically live in exile on the black gate and they all move there so they uh him his wife and then his son, I'm not going to say his name because I don't really know how to pronounce it. I've heard different, I've heard it pronounced like three different fucking ways researching this, so I'm just not going to say it because it's not really important. <laughs> he's he only not sh- important very long. Yeah, he's not important very long, so you know where this is going. <laughs> you know exactly where this is going. It uh, shows up, they're at the Black Gate. Um, he like spars around with his son a lot, and you can tell he's like really into his wife. You know, it's all that merry, that happy-go-lucky shit. We're so happy here. Yeah. Nothing could ever disturb this. Yeah, nothing's ever gonna happen living on a giant fucking cast iron fucking <laughs> bridge where like <coughs> monsters come out of the mountain. Yeah, big, magic scary. sorcerers come out of the volcano and shit like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So. One day, <laughs> there's an attack on the Black Gate, and uh, Italians fighting back and everything like that. And eventually, push comes to shove. Um, he finds his wife in the Great Hall, but she is uh, at the disposal of these like giant, abnormal-looking motherfuckers. And obviously, to uh, to a per- to a learned person of the Lord of the Rings world, you can understand that these are <laughs> to a Lord of the Rings scholar. Yeah, to a Lord of the Rings scholar. You would understand, like, at first look, you would understand that these are probably, like, minions of Sauron and stuff like that, but they're not, like, the average-looking orc. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't some of them don't even, you don't even know if they are orcs, whatnot. Either way, they, uh, they fuck you up, 
for a while, and then they uh, sacrifice. They kill your wife and your son right in front of you, and then slowly kill you <laughs> right after them. Damn. And uh, at the same time, they're like leader. Um, this guy's like yelling up in the air, and he's asking, and he, and he and he tells the elf lord to come to come down to him and stuff like that, and like return to him. So anyway, you uh, you're dead. That's when you die. That's <laughs> that's that sometime between twenty nine forty one and twenty nine ninety nine, and it sets the whole like sets the whole scene for like the game. Seth, you played the first one, you understand exactly where we're going with yeah. this. So he wakes up in like. I mean, he doesn't know where he's at, but he, like, wakes up in, like, this shadow realm, this fucking, like, spirit world type deal, and there's, like, this mysterious wraith nearby, and he's asking him if he's, like, dead. He doesn't, obviously, he knows that he's dead, but he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. You usually don't live after you die. And uh, to where this wraith tells him that he's been banished from death, and uh, basically that they've been, like, he explains to him that he was the that it was a blood ritual and that those minions of Sauron like awakened him as a spirit and bound. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know his name yet. He doesn't. Calibrimbro well, doesn't know him. But yeah, it brought him yeah. back to life, and he and they purposefully bound him, bound them together, and stuff like that. And he kind of and you know then they they get the whole thing where we got to fucking team up. Beat up Sauron. I guess we're stuck together. Yeah. These motherfuckers came, killed your family. And mind you, like, he doesn't have, like, a... He doesn't... Like I said, it's 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 important off the bat to know that Celebrimbor doesn't, like... Doesn't totally remember who he is or, like, what his past is and, and all this and stuff like that. Um, yeah. People who have read all the books, like the Silmarillion and stuff like that, you guys know somewhat. But this game just puts a little bit of a twist on it. Um... I was actually looking at Killebrimbar's real fate in the, and it's not quite, good. Quite, quite. De- oh, not good. At all. <laughs> you do not want to be Killebrimbar. <laughs> you do not want to be Killebrimbar at all, ever. He has not a little. Once. I mean, you don't want to be him in this either, but he has a little bit better than what he fucking did in that one. Oh, <laughs> a little bit better, a little bit. So uh, at this, uh, Talion dons his wife's scarf. And he grabs the shattered uh, blade of his son, which he actually in the game it's a uh, you end up using for a dagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really cool fucking stealth animations, killing motherfuckers. It's awesome. Yeah, the animations were really cool. Yeah, so they come together and they realize that they you know he's got to leave the Black Gate and he's got to fight uh, Sauron's forces to get back at all these at these uh, three minions that came and took his family's life. Um, as he's going around looking for all, like he's. Uh, interrogating he's trying to figure out any information he can on these lieutenants of uh sauron he comes across what creature do you think troll a troll an orc an orc i don't know okay he comes across a lot of orcs sorry there's a lot of orcs (laughs) as he's interrogating quote interrogating mike He's interrogating the orcs <laughs> of mordor <laughs> looking for any information he can on their boss seth who do you think he finds Oh wait, wow. so shit, you know. Fuck. Actually, I don't remember. It's you don't remember a, who he finds off the bat. It's been a long time since I've played this game. Okay, okay. So, he f- they both find the creature Gollum. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. He is in the game. They bring Gollum into it. Do you have to like play a riddle game with him? Uh, you do. Like, not like it's not part of the game, but you know, he he talks in riddles and all it's these kinds of, of stuff. Dialogue, yeah. Now he can see Celebrimbar. He can see the wraith. We're like all these That's like cool. yeah, but it's because of obviously his his influence by the ring, his prolonged exposure to the ring. He can he can see and he's had that where he's seen in he's the been spirit world. By it, so exactly, um, he can see Celebrimbar. He talks to him and he calls him the bright master. Because well, I mean, Celebrimbar made the ring, right? Correct. That's what we're just getting into. Basically, what Gollum's thing is is where he'll bring you artifacts. You'll find artifacts. You'll go to different parts of the map. You'll find these artifacts, and it'll trigger a sequence where Gollum comes up, gives you an artifact, you touch it, and you get a memory from Celebrimbar's past, and it slowly starts real. The Celebrimbar was the greatest smith of the Second Age, um, only second to his grandfather of all time. His grandfather from... Um, pretty sure obviously the first age they were like some of the first elves that ever came into being in the entire world or universe or whatever it is um and that's who this that's who these like evil minions of fucking sauron brought back um to life was celebrimbar um why is the smith that fucking important because he forged the one ring the most powerful ring, and actually all the rings. In the real lore, it's actually really funny why, like, the elves' rings mm -hmm. don't work. Like, Sauron can't touch the elves. And that's because Celebrimbar went and studied with him how to make rings. He made one with Sauron, then he made three on his own. Then he finished the rest. And those three he gave to the elves. So they were not, they were actually untainted from like Sauron's corruption whatsoever. And that's why. But they also didn't use them either that often. Like Galadriel only used it like very what sparingly. What did the other rings even like do? The same? It was supposed to corrupt. It, no, it, I mean, but like, what did they say they were going to do before they, the corrupt, before they, some of them I'll get into, not all of them in this, like how they say what they did. But some of them you can just say they were just like peace offerings. Yeah. And a lot stuff of like them that. were. A lot of them were wear this to signify our. Um, he was a real like. So, so they didn't even like do anything. Really. No, he like deceived the elves too, bro. Like he came, like he came over to like Sauron came over to Middle Earth under a different moniker, and he claimed to be sent by the Valar themselves, and he was like giving them knowledge and this stuff. He's he's a trickster. Like yeah. he was like he's like Loki basically. Yeah. Like Sauron's like the Loki of this world. Like he's always like tri like he's always just deceiving motherfuckers. He's real fucking. He's always doing something in the background, tricking everybody. Gets caught eventually, but see, I always thought like the rings like did something. I thought they all had like great like magical power or something. Well, they do, and this explains they do. They like lead more into that, but he just like corrupted them. So like, if you use them, yeah, he fucking got a hold of you. However, the what the specific ones with the rings, he just never touched. In the real lore, Celebrimbar made those on his own, hmm. on his own accord, without fucking Sauron's help at all. At all. Then he came back, made the other ones and different stuff like that. Made the One Ring. And Sauron did his shit. Kind of cool. Either way, uh, he also finds an old comrade after he finds the creature golem. He finds an old comrade. Italian does. Uh, he was being held as a slave by the orcs in like the orc encampments. And 
him along with a, like other band of like Gondorian slaves and stuff like that. He freed them, and then they made this plan to destroy this monument of Sauron that the orcs were creating, and he mm. figured that would draw out the main guy who he found out was called the Black Hand. There's called the Tower of Sauron, which is uh, like one of the minions, the the Hammer of Sauron, and then the main guy was the Black Hand of Sauron. He was like the big old bad, the the one that really slit your throat. And... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh... when they destroy the monument, um, it was to get the black hand, but the black hand didn't come. The hammer came. The hammer. <laughs> the hammer. Right. I know it's so funny saying. <laughs> The Hammer. I was thinking that too when you're playing the game too. It's like, what the cheesy ass fucking name? Like, I am the Hammer. <laughs> I'm the Hammer of Sauron. Yeah. He confronts the Hammer. Um, but before he like ends up, obviously, he gets the better of him. It's a fucking video game. He's the first fucking boss. You're going to beat him obviously but he taunts talion he taunts him and tell and you know he like as they like when they confronted each other he realized that he was the that the wraith that all these orcs are like scared of and stuff and talking about is the you know the ranger from the black gate that they all made fun of and killed his family in front of him and everything like that <laughs> yeah yeah but he taunts him i'm back <laughs> yeah. yeah but the the uh the hammer taunts him and tells him about how like the darkness that he's like trying to elude and stuff like that is uh already starting to slowly take hold of him and stuff like that either way italian one lieutenant down gets his man gets his fucking man yeah eventually he uh meets a girl oh did i forget to write her name down god damn it oh no i don't remember her name either queen marwin's uh either it's like her daughter or niece or something like that either way he meets he meets this younger woman this warrior woman and she she um introduces him to queen marwin Queen Marwyn was a woman in Nernan. Um, I don't know really too much about Queen Marwyn. There's not much, like you can go into her lore and find stuff out about her, but ultimately, like what brings her into it is she's under Sauron's grasp at this time, kind of like King Theoden was under his grasp in the Two Towers. Mm-hmm. He has this chick held like that. So when you show up at first. What she tells you to do is, like, she tells you to use Celebrimbar's wraith power and dominate the orcs and bring them over to your side. Basically, he can, like, you can, once you break, once you in the combat system, once you break them down a little bit, you can come up and, you know, grab them by the side of the head and you get inside their mind and then you, you kind of break that hold that Sauron has on them. And you, and you like, them sear up. a handprint on their face. Yeah, yeah, you just sear it right on their fucking face and you, you scare the shit out of the fucking orcs. And yeah, it's pretty cool. You bring them over to your side. Fuck them. Hell yeah. That's that's the plan. Now, what that really is is that Sauron. Sauron is, like, he has control over her and basically... He wants he wants Celebrimbar and Talion to do that so he can like amass the army and take it to Sauron. Like hmm. that's how they kind of like weave like a little different part of like it's a very little part that Sauron has in the in the story, but that's how they kind of put it in there. Like he's corrupted Queen Marwyn, tells you to 
kind of brings like a game mechanic in, you know what I mean? By yeah. dominating and bringing them over to your side and then you can control them. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, yeah. So Talion and Celebrimbar end up breaking the hold that Saruman has on Queen Marwyn, but they use his plan though at the same time. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? That's a good idea. We're going to do that. We're going to make our own army and fucking take it to Sauron and fuck Saruman. Yeah. And this is where they go after. So the the hammer of Sauron, the one lieutenant is gone. Now they're going after the tower. Right? So they forged an army of Uruks uh, by dominating the five war chiefs of the area and set out sea to... I'm going to try to say this the right way. I know people really get into the fucking dialogue of Lord of the Rings and I'm going to butcher yeah. this fucking arid glamroth but i probably said it yeah sounds right to me yeah sure <laughs> word domain of the tower either way they're going after him straight to him with an army of fucking newly dominated orcs they're hungry for blood and rat bag <laughs> yep rat bag rat bag's a funny little character i think uh Somehow they, I think they use him in this part too. I don't think I wrote it down because it wasn't two part. But they do. They like this, he's the last war chief. Yeah, this is the point where you turn a literal grunt of an orc, like a runt of an orc, <laughs> and you turn him into the most powerful war chief. Yeah, you through, just end up through, taking out all the other war chiefs yeah, for him and like subtlety, setting it up. <laughs> yeah, through subtlety and cheating and lying, just you know the orc way, and you turn him into a war chief. <laughs> Oh yeah. So anyway, they fight. They fight through the fortress, and uh, the entire time they're being mocked by the tower. Common theme: being mocked by fucking Sauron and his we goons. We killed you and your family. Yeah. Ooh. By the way, a funny, a funny part during all this. I forgot to mention all this. Like a good thing to remember about being a wraith in this is like he's dead. So a cool thing about the game mechanic is like when you die in the game. You just resurrect because you're dead already. You're just a wraith. You just if they kill your physical body, you just lays there, and then eventually he just comes back to life later, and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> and he just comes back and kills them all. So just just so everybody knows, like that's kind of like a uh, like it's a mechanic in the game, I guess, but it's also like pertinent to the story too. Later on, you'll see why. Like, it's kind of cool how they weave it in. Like, it's just being, like, a part of, like... You don't you take it for granted sometimes. Yeah. Like, you'll yeah. die in the game, and then you'll, like, respawn because... It's a game. It's a fucking video game. That's all you do is respawn. But it, he actually, in the storyline of all this, he yeah, actually like respawns. Like, yeah. Yeah. He right. actually will respawn in this, a little bit of time. This matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, he's being... he's They fight through the tower. He's being mocked by the... Uh, fight through the fortress he's being mocked by the tower these stupid names they could have they could have went better with the what names. about the hama <laughs> just back as a little ghost oh wait the uh wait till we get to the minions of the black hand wait till then what they're called um at the end when you fight the tower he reveals to you that Celebrimbar wasn't bound to you Celebrimbar picked you mm. specifically as you were like laying there dying and stuff with your family and so it doesn't matter in like the the moment when he tells you like 
it's not enough obviously it's you're not going to change sides or anything like that you're still going to kill the tower and you do but it's also like you're pissed the fuck off and there's a big scene where Italian and Calabrimbar have a fucking fight. He's like, yo, you denied me being able to, like, live, like... You could have let me die, you, you bastard. Yeah, bro. He's like, mad because he wanted to see his wife yeah. and his child He wanted to after die. life. Yeah. He just wanted to fucking die with them and, and rest and be at peace. Like, he fought enough. Yeah, now he like, has to run around with a fucking ghost in him, killing orcs. Yeah. yeah. He was a soldier his whole life. And, he, and just think about what I just said. Like, he's got to die. Like, every time that someone does... Every time, like... Basically, in the game, like, you can go up against an orc that's too powerful for you. Or, like, in the newer one, they adapt. That's what's really cool about the combat system I was telling Seth, because he hasn't played the second one. They'll, if you're, like, trying to, say, stealth attack, like, a general, like, it might not work the first time, and then you get into this big squirmish, and they eventually get away from you. When you go to them the next time, they might have learned to be better against your stealth they will adapt and they'll adapt to certain finishers they'll adapt it like it's really kind of cool cool. yeah yeah it's like certain like if you go up and you just try to do the same thing to every fucking like every single captain or something like that it's not going to work in this game like and it stops you from finding like just one overpowered method and just exploiting it yeah and then there's parts in the story where you have to specifically like go and just like what you said about the war chiefs like in this one part of the scene i'm going over the story very like vaguely because there's a lot to cover but the combat system is very in-depth like that like we said like the like your enemies will adapt to your combat style to where stuff won't work there's some things where you just have to dominate them you know what I mean? You'll have to just, like, go up and dominate them and try not to, like... It also helps you out. You know, sometimes you're just like, fuck, I can't beat this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's fucking blocking everything I fucking do. I don't know what to fucking do anymore. I can't hit these buttons in any other fucking way. Oh, just make you mine. I've had those orcs. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks when you're just sitting in the middle of this fucking encampment and they just keep, like, his minions keep coming. You're just like, I cannot get this dude. Like, yeah. It's really fucking cool. Really fucking cool. But... At this, no matter how pissed off you are at Celebrimbar, he, like, mentioned something like, I thought you wanted revenge. <laughs> it's like, that's not the point, motherfucker. This was before then. <laughs> it's like, it's like you picked me, lied about it, and then told me that I wanted, you know, get revenge. It's like, well, I don't have a choice. You made me yeah. into this. Yeah, I don't have a choice. You brought me back from the dead. Like, they killed me. They slit my fucking throat. It's not my fault. So you're pissed, but fuck it. We gotta go. We gotta go back we got to get the black hand we got to kill that motherfucker right so you go all the way back to Nern, and the black hand is like ransacked everything what that means is like you spend the entire game like you know clearing the area dominating orcs like you just spend i don't know how many fucking hours in the story mode trying to fucking open up this goddamn area you leave you come back you fucked it all up again Oh, did I ruin your little thing? <laughs> did I ruin your little area? <laughs> Hope you saved a game. <laughs> Reloads. Yep. It just keeps happening. <laughs> yep. Um. Before you go there, though, Gollum brings you one last artifact, and what it does is it shows you, um, it shows you Celebrimbar's true past. It's just a lightsaber, actually. <laughs> it's just. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get this going? <laughs> <laughs> Copyright infringement. <laughs> Copyright. That's How about now, sorry, Ron? 
I mean, you're not wrong. It's just not a saber. It's a hammer. So what? It, so what this one does is it shows you Celebrimbar's true past, and what he did was he created the ring for Sauron and then stole it from him. There's this like little thing where he like slips on the ring, goes into the shadow world, and dee, 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 tricksy little elf. Yep, tricksy little fucking elves just fucking scoots on out of Mount Doom for a second, and he does he does exactly basically what you're doing is like he amasses this fucking army because he has the ring, and he fucking goes after fucking Sauron. He fucking and eventually, basically, like it comes down to like him and Sauron have this like confrontation. He ends up kind of beating him. But the ring has a will of its own, comes back to side, betrays Celebrimbor, comes back to Sauron, and Sauron whoops the dog shit out of him. Damn. And um, for anybody uh, who likes a bit of irony, takes him back and uh, makes him watch his wife and daughter be killed right in front of him. Celebrimbor. Yeah. 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 So Talion uh, had to watch his son and his wife be killed in front of him. Celebrimbor had to. That's kind of. Celebrimbor makes like a little ironic, like maybe that's what binds us. Like, no, that's That's you. That's why I was drawn to you. Yeah. No, that was you, motherfucker. (laughs) Fuck you. You asshole. Um. Oh yeah, and, and you'll like this. After Sauron watches, makes him watch his wife and child die. He beats Celebrimbor to death with his own smithing hammer. Yeah, got him. <laughs> yeah, just that one little insult to injury. Just like, oh, this is your favorite thing, huh? I think Pop. live by the sword, <laughs> die by the hammer, forged <laughs> by the hammer, cracked by the hammer. Yeah, bro, and it's pretty brutal too. The scene, uh, uh, yeah, shows it is. You it's a you, yeah, scene. like you like see it from. It's almost like Poseidon in God of War, where oh, you, you see like it. pop out his eyes. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't pop out his eyes. But you're like seeing yourself get hit from yeah. Calibrimbar's view. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so anyway, you see like the actual true past and, and stuff like that. And it kind of brings everything full circle as to like what you're doing in the game. Um, you go after the black hand, you climb, uh, he's holed up at the black gate. Another little bit of irony, you know, where the whole story began. Yeah. Where you were once sparring with your son before, uh, murder time, but yeah, before, uh, slice and dice. Now you're going back up to avenge him. Um, you fight your way again. You fight your way all the way, like to him, and he's just kind of like laughing at you. He's mocking you and shit like that. And he slits his own throat. The black hand. Huh. He yeah. He gets up. He slits his own. You're fucking, not gonna kill me. Fuck you. Yep. He slits <laughs> his own throat in another blood ritual to let Sauron. Because what's better than being Sauron's number one lapdog? I mean, having Sauron's he, fucking entity come into your fucking body. At least this way he has body. a chance. Like, he wasn't going to beat Talon and Calabrimbar before. Yeah. So, like, he might as well give himself a shot. Yeah. He's, he's not dumb. So he killed, yeah, the Black Hand killed himself and let Sauron possess his body, which also, like, tore the wraith from Talion. Huh. Like, all this power and stuff like that. Like, now that, now that Sauron has, like, a, a physical form... You know, he's power, he has some power and stuff like that to where he tears fucking Celebrimbor from Talion, which immediately, like, when that happens, 
Italian's dead again. He's just, he's just yeah. a dead he just falls over. Yeah, well, no, it's fucking what happens every single time in the second game. This will happen too, where like Kellebrimbar will get ripped from him, and if that ever happens, and he doesn't have something to like sustain the like death in him, his like old injury of the fucking slit throat just comes right back, and he just <laughs> yeah, he just his fucking throat just starts fucking Ooh. yep, and he just yeah. drops, and he's just like freaking the fuck out while he's bleeding out <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, that's what happens. Sauron's getting like a fucking jump on you. He's beating the shit out of fucking Talion. But Celebrimbar, being inside of him, ends up kind of like taking control and just kind of like paralyzes him for a little bit. Wait, which, wasn't he drawn out of him? Yeah, he, he, he was drawn out of Talion into, him. into Sauron. Sorry, I okay. thought I said that, but I I might have went didn't say it right. Yeah, he brought him out of Talion, then he just kind of like absorbed him and like like no okay. motherfucker like. So they're gonna fighting inside Sauron. Uh, basically, Sauron, you know, he's pretty arrogant thinks he's the big biggest bad motherfucker in the world so i bet he probably thought that he could just contain kelebrimbar mm-hmm. inside of him and as he was like going to kill talion uh kelebrimbar like just kind of like froze his body just enough like just long enough that talion could get up and get that fucking final blow and well, destroy like next being cut open yes hmm. yeah okay yes Hey, that that sure we that sheer <laughs> will, man. I mean, you've seen plenty of shows where a berserker or a Viking has a spear plus. You just went through their gut. You just went through I the whole it. game dying a few times. Like yeah. he's used to dying. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, just trying to get my facts straight. It's just one <laughs> one last push. <laughs> he's just he's used to dying. That's the way I'm going to explain it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Little yeah, yeah. little yeah. ear to ear ain't yeah. hurt nobody <laughs> around here. Uh shit. So yeah, uh Talion makes the killing blow. He kills the Black Hand's body. We were talking about this before. Mike was saying about how when you jump off a roof, he's like, How come his bones don't work, but you can kill him? We don't I'm just saying he doesn't take fall damage, but he can still cut him with a sword. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm just I'm just saying. Okay. Well Mike, you fucking message the fucking developers, okay? <laughs> anyway. Um he kills him, and he they banish Sauron, basically. That's how it's said. Like, once they kill his physical form, he doesn't have any power anymore. He's still just kind of like a spirit in the spirit world. So it banishes him back to Beredur. Back from once you came. Beredur. The, I, can't, I can never say it the right fucking way. The tower that he's from, and that he's at in uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Mm. That's where they... Uh, that's oh, where they the banished. Yeah, yeah, the one well, where the yeah. eye is. Yeah, the real big iconic one. Yeah, that's yeah. where it's like basically his entity is like staying yeah. and stuff like that. He's probably staying alive inside like different orcs and stuff like that, doing necromancy and shit through there. Like, and then late in the second one is really like, wait till I get into it. You'll see like where, like the personality. First off, in this one, like with the whole like, it kind of brings personality to the orcs. Like you are the monster inside of the orcs. <laughs> like layer you know what i mean inside their world yeah. and you're scaring them like they're terrified of you because like even if they do kill you you're just gonna come right back after you're just gonna wake up and come after them like they can't sleep like you're just with a vendetta yeah this half wraith <laughs> half ran just now like, it's personal <laughs> yeah you just keep showing up in all these different camps fucking up all these orcs and there's nothing they can do it's like you're their own personal nazgul but you're on the yeah. quote unquote good side so anyway, you banish Sauron. Woo! You beat the bad guy. You won the game. Yeah. Um, your wife and child are still dead. Yes, your wife yes. and child are still dead. <laughs> you are still dead, but you're still living. Um, at this, Kella Brimbar actually wants to quit. 
Celebrimbar just realizes after all this, which in the whole time you've been wanting to quit, and he doesn't want to. He's like, no, we gotta beat up, we gotta beat Sauron. Fucking bitch. Yeah, I know. He wants to quit. He wants we to. We come this far now. You want to turn around, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's an elf, and he just wants to go back to Valinor and live out the rest of his days with his family. We don't got a choice. I'm in charge. I got the legs. That's what I wanted to do too, yeah. Calibrimbor. But guess who stopped me? Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's exactly what he does. He. Italian's just like, nah. I'm he's like, good. could you actually what he says, he's like, could you really rest peacefully knowing that you could have done more? Hmm. He tries to pull that or no offense, you're trying to guilt trip a ghost. An ancient ghost. He's been around since like probably the beginning of the second age. And to be real, in this universe, he's probably the most guilt ridden elf there has to be. Yeah, because without he literally yeah, he did everything. Made, he literally made the universe into the that's why I love when I saw this in. game and I was like Shadow of Mordor. I was like, what? I was like, what kind of story is this? And like when you look at Talion at first, he kind of looks like Aragorn. Yeah. So little. you're just like, what? Like what the fuck is this about? And then and then they like introduce Celebrimbor and you realize a story and stuff like that. And it's just like holy fuck! Like they never even mention that. Like they kind like very seldomly. Or, like very like maybe in like director's cuts and shit like that they might mention like ancient names and stuff like his but they don't mention about him creating all the rings of power and stuff yeah. like that they just say that sauron does it they don't actually mention like deep into the lore that tolkien has of this character that's why i liked it uh but yeah talion convinces him that uh we gotta keep going and what do you think he else what else he convinces him of seth pro seth might remember oh, we gotta kill more orcs we gotta kill more orcs, but how do you think we gotta kill more orcs? Uh, convince orcs to kill other orcs. That's a good way, but how? What does Sauron have that we don't have right now? A big or, tower. Well, no. It's what did Sauron oh, make? A ring. A ring, yeah. <laughs> Talion, at the end of the game, Talion says that he thinks it's time for a new ring. And that's where that's where uh, the first game, Shadow of Mordor, leads off. Well, the first goes, 13 didn't get you into a pickle. Now you can make another one. <laughs> 14th time's the charm. <laughs> we got to get this last one in, motherfucker. And that's pretty much the basis of the entire game. Like, a lot of the people that you come into, they're all just kind of like, hmm, ring of power, seen this before. And you're just like, nah, look at it. It's shiny. It's blue. <laughs> it's fine. Look at this one. It's light. I call it the light one. <laughs> He's the dark one. I'm the light one. They're just like, you just kind of seem like the one to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's all your phone. You're still at it, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> so we pick off right out from that. Um, Celebrimbar and uh, Talion forge a new ring in Mount Doom using the same forge that they that he used years, like, <laughs> right in that motherfucker. That's cool. Yeah. So still just there. There weren't Yeah, you there? show them, like, right off the bat, like, you fucking... Well, I mean, even if they are, you just That's fighting through them. True, yeah, you, you just, just kill them. You just fought through Mordor the entire first game. Yeah. And at this time, there's actually a really... Let me say this before I move on. In the first game, it's really cool because Mordor isn't totally overrun by orcs. There are parts of there's Mordor... There's in there. No, there's, there's, entire, there's, there's entire areas of the map where it's still green and stuff like that. So it's kind of crazy that like and these orcs really, are like running around in this green area and it's still like their homeland. And, and it's stuff. really cool cuz there's like a lot of wildlife too. Super much like there's there's these like wild beasts called caragors. That yeah, you can the like, caragors oh, that the orcs like, ride. You can like ride around and like smash the orcs and shit on them. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the big um, ones like what are those big Oh, uh, I was yeah, I was just trying to think of the thing that looks like the rancor. <laughs> 
It's just big. Oh. Yeah, they look like rancors from uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. An anti-end. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but there, yeah, there's a lot of like wildlife, and it shows like what Mordor's like ecosystem is without the orcs. It was without uh, the corruption. Yeah, but pretty it, much. Yeah, yeah. For anybody who's seen the films and stuff like that, when uh, when you see Mordor and like what it is, is like there's parts of it that are like desolated like that, but. There are parts yet that still aren't, so it's like at this point in time during the lore, they're saying that Sauron wasn't at full power yet. He didn't have the entire area completely uh, fucked up. So, anyway, they forge a new ring. Really cool fucking opening sequence. Uh, you guys just missed it when I was <laughs> when you guys showed up. Um, they're forging the new ring, and they do it, um, but... Celebrimbar is once again ripped from Talion <laughs> by a, some sort of entity. Um, the ring remains, though. So, like, that's kind of like what Talion, like, holds on to for life. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't need the wraith anymore because they just made this ring of power. So, it's like. So, he grabs the ring of power and he goes out looking for the wraith. And eventually. He's like hearing this the race calling out like Celebrimbar is calling out to him along with this woman's voice that keeps calling out to him and he comes up into this like mountain pass and uh shit what was it Sirith Ongol or something like that like Kirith Ongol someone who someone who knows like really good into the fucking like Shelob's lair like where uh where they find Shelob's lair that's what I'm getting at that's who the woman is uh for anybody who doesn't know Shelob the big spider that Sam fucking fights she's actually yeah she's more of an entity kind of like Gandalf like is an entity he's not really just an old man like he's actually like his real form is like a robust like tall stacked individual because they're like gods they're like entities that are they're like de- actually yeah i think they're demigods if yeah I remember right. gandalf yeah, is a demigod they're like angels really because there's like the big god and then there's like the demigods and the demigods well no, like no that's what the balrogs and that's what i'm saying the balrogs and the astari the wizards of middle earth they are basically demigods yeah if i the, remember right they're yeah, demigods the elves are basically angels because they're the immortal ones. They're the ones that the Valar created along with the Earth. And they also, I'm pretty sure the Valar also like created the Astari and stuff like that. But they're also like super powerful beings, obviously. They yeah. can die, come back to life because the Valar choose, you know what I mean? They were sent, you know, Gandalf, Sauron, the wizards, they were sent to Middle Earth to deal with, Saur- with Sauron specifically. You know what I mean? There's a whole other world on the other side of the sea where they're just like, boy, glad we don't got to deal with that shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> glad he's over there now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, if anybody knows what Shelob's Lair was, she's a woman. She's an entity. And uh, in this, it kind of like uh, brings that out a little bit more. It's like kind of like Sauron, too. It's like why he's so... Sauron was an elf. He was also kind of like an... Well, he was also... He was... He was more like a demigod, but he had like an elf form. Call like most, him an ascended elf. Yeah, like most of, most of like the Valar and stuff, they looked like elves. They took form of they they didn't look like man. They didn't look like dwarves. They look like elves, but they're obviously higher and more powerful beings. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, if you had a choice, why wouldn't you look like an elf? Exactly. Yeah. Sauron like took the form of like this big giant like cast iron fucking black scary motherfucker and Shelob took the form of 
the spider. spider. So when you see like the spider in Lord of the Rings, like this is how it's like trying to like weave this in here, not like you actually see her woman form in this. Like she comes down, she has Celebrimbar trapped and stuff like that, and uh, she wants your ring. Of course, all the evil motherfuckers want your ring once you make it, and you, like a fucking idiot, give it to her. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Even though fucking Calibrimbar is like literally sitting there being tortured, like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You just do it anyway. Real easy. And uh, she gives Calibrimbar back, but she's. Calibrimbar reminds you that she was already powerful as it was. And now you gave her like a super powered ring. Yeah. And now you gave her a fucking ring of power. Basically, this ring of power is the exact same as Sauron's, except it's just not corrupted by him. So. Congratulations, you just made Sauron 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can wear it, though, because you can wear it and not get corrupted by Sauron. You can still get corrupted by power, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So th- yeah. that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like, Sauron specifically corrupts his ring. That's what I'm trying to say is the difference is, like, these games, like, really play on the... What they basically do is, like, now that you made your ring... Eventually, down the line, you're like having a good old time. You're like, hey, we're fucking dominating orcs. We're popping their heads off. We're killing all these motherfuckers. You killed my family. And then it's really just like, are you really any better? And you're just like, come on, man. Don't don't put me in. Don't don't put me in the moral zone with these fucking. And then you're just like, all right, you're right. We're not really any better. And slowly, you start to see that throughout. I'll, I'll get into it. Um. So anyway, she gives you Celebrimbar back. She has the ring. You want to get it back, but you realize that you can't take this bitch. She's going to whoop your fucking ass. And she tells you to go to the local, the last Gondorian outpost in Mordor. Like out, like in Mordor and Middle Earth. And it's called Minas Ethel. Um, it will be called something else later. Just remember that. <clears throat> When you go to Minas Ethel, um, she wants you to find the Gondorians there have an artifact. They have a Palantir, which if you guys remember from Lord of the Rings, again, um, the Palantir was like the seeing stones that like Uh Gandalf and them were really like skeptical about using because Sauron corrupted the seeing stones. And you know what I mean? Like if Pippin used it and Sauron used it to look, look into his mind and stuff like that. And, uh, so these Gondorians have one, and Shelob says that you should get it because, one, the forces of Sauron can't get it, or you're fucked, and two, you should use it against him, especially since you have the ring. So you're just kind of at her bidding right now because she has your ring. When you go there, you meet uh, you meet this woman named Idril, which she's like, uh, just like a gun. I don't know if she's a lieutenant. I don't exactly know her rank up there because her dad's like the commander of like all the fucking forces, all the Gondorian forces right. in the city, and she's just kind of below him. So it's just, I guess, it's just kind of assumed that she's second in command. Everyone, yeah, everyone just listens to her. Like that's his daughter. Okay, her name's Idril. Her father's name is Castamir, and uh, you also meet a cool like commander named Cap- or Captain, sorry, Captain Baranor. Um, eventually later on in the DLCs you get to play as Baranor and nice. he's just a, yeah he's just a cool little character that you do like some side missions with and stuff like that just some Gondorian captain that kind of helps you out but yeah Idril, uh, Castamir you do like some levels with them um, basically like Castamir you want you ask Castamir for the plant here he ain't giving it up 
he's like the city's at siege i have it hidden away if you help like just help protect the city and the palantir is fine and talion is like all right that makes sense cool Celebrimbar's like no God, I need that fucking plant here. You know what I mean? You really start seeing Celebrimbar for who he really fucking is. You know yeah. what I mean in this? Which isn't actually who Celebrimbar is. That's what I was trying to get earlier when I saw like his real, what actually happens to Celebrimbar in real lore. This is just kind of fabricated stuff about, you know, they try to make a, they try to make, like, dramatize it. Yeah, they want to make a compelling story. There we go. Um, after a while, um, Talion finds out through Shelob gives him a vision that there's like a traitor in Gondor that he has to find now. And Wait, after like betrayal or like merchant. What did, what did I say? Traitor. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, where is he getting at this?" Those a are traitor. Close yes, a uh a someone a double crosser. Okay. We have a double crosser on the fucking that's so funny. <laughs> traitor, traitor. Um Someone's double-crossing him. Someone's going over to the enemy and fucking giving them knowledge and shit like that. And then after a little bit, Castamir, Idril's dad, just disappears. So, mm. yeah. So, Talion's got a lot in his fucking hand right now. Seems like the city's not so safe. Yeah, the city's not <laughs> safe at all. Because at this, the Witch King of Angmar... Oh, no. The Witch King of Angmar... Uh, I believe, I don't think he comes directly up, but it's like he, I think he possesses an orc and like challenges Talion specifically. Hmm. Like I challenge the black, the ranger from the black gate to a challenge right fucking now. And, uh, yeah, at this, uh, Talion does, it's obviously a trap. Uh, everybody knows it, but Idril has this plan where she's like, if you do it, if you go into this Coliseum and you fucking do this challenge and stuff, we can try to slip into the orcs' camps and find my father and stuff like that. So uh, that's what the plan is. And uh, at that, we are going to play an audio clip because, you know what? We haven't played an audio clip ever. And this is one of my favorite fucking scenes from a uh, video game ever. I think you guys will like it too. Uh, like I said, you start to see some of Celebrimbar's... Uh, true colors and uh yeah we're gonna play this audio clip from uh the the challenge of uh Celebrimbar and Talion Brimbor is pissed. Yeah, it's always such a cool fucking scene. Yeah, I remember. A cool scene. For real, I remember showing Mike that. I was like, bro, I was like, you like, I was like, I played this game. I was like, it's been a while since I played it, but I played it again recently. I was like, I have to look this up and show it to you. I was like, in Mike's room getting stoned at his show. I was like, bro, I was like, I was playing this the other day. Man, such an intense scene. And like, when you see, he's just in like, you just did this whole mission where like, 
So he called you out to a challenge. Um, you show up in this coliseum. You literally just like strut your fucking way into this coliseum. There's all these orcs in the stands freaking the fuck out, like fucking cheering and stuff. And it's this whole big level where all these waves of fucking, you know, orcs and different captains and stuff show up and you just take them all fucking out. And like you guys just saw, um, I'll link that specific video also with this episode. So you guys can see, uh, the video to the clip that we'll leave in the, uh, leave in the episode so you guys can see it too but yeah they're all sitting there and he just you know he raises the he raises the staff brings it down and he just has that whole fucking monologue and i was just like i make no such offer yeah dude like it's just like right off the for fighting this pitiful enemy <laughs> yeah just uh oh man i love that fucking I love that fucking. And scene. he rebranded himself as the Bright Lord. Yeah, yeah. yeah he calls him the Bright Lord. Like he's going like, a little insane. Yeah, yeah. You like I said, that was uh, where I first started. Is like you kind of see like I make no such offer. You know, calling out Sauron of all yeah. people. Like I'm like he promised mercy. I promise nothing. No, I ain't giving you shit. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. It's fucking crazy. Um, after all this. Idril and Baranor did not find Castamir. So, Rip. yeah, it was just kind of like a really... Cook bots. I mean, yeah, at least you killed about 100 orcs. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was honestly probably just for a really cool movie scene. <laughs> it's probably just for a segue, to you be real. You the plot. We didn't find him. But uh, anyway, later down the line, you figure out that Castamir is the traitor. Ooh. And the entire... Yeah. And, and uh, later down the line... Basically, what it was is that he knew that they were fucked. He knew that they weren't going to be able to hold off the orcs or whatever, or he didn't believe that they could. He didn't really. He's have... no true man of Gondor. Yeah, he just, you know what I mean? He just didn't really have faith in, he did, He already made the deal with the enemy and stuff prior to Talion coming, and you know what I mean? He just didn't really feel like they were going to win. So what he did was that he made a deal. He would give them the, he would give the enemy the Palantir in exchange, like, make sure, like, don't kill my daughter. Just save her life. What a little cuck boy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, as you guys know, Sauron, with Sauron's forces, that doesn't happen. Uh, no, he's going to take your shit and kill your family. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think he was giving the Palantir to, specifically? The guy that they're coming after. Huh? The one that they're coming after. Who? What? What guy? That they're coming after? Sauron? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if I had to guess, maybe the Witch King? Good. Yeah. The, the, fuck yeah. The Nazgul. The Nazgul are, like, really... What? I, that's why I wanted to introduce them. The Nazgul, like, the ring race and stuff like that, like, in this game are, like, real... Like, they make a fucking huge fucking, like come back in this you fight them multiple times throughout this like hmm. and you actually get into some of the histories That's you don't go through all nine but some of them you get to actually and some of it you see it's not just like stuff that you find and like you don't just like find a piece of scripture somewhere and you can read it in like the back lore or something yeah. it's actually part of this it's actually part of the story and you get like these fucking cutscenes actually showing like the histories of the nazgul get into it in a minute um, basically it comes to like they figure out the Castamere is going to give the plant here to the Nazgul him and Idril try to stop him doesn't work they get a hold of it he killed the witch king kills uh Castamere 
and Talion has to fight off the Nazgul. He fights off most of them, but then after he goes after the uh, the Witch King, the Witch King kind of whoops his ass. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's Poor the witch, it's the Witch King. He's he, not ready yet. <laughs> he's know. the most powerful one. Yeah, he needs he needs a little bit of time. He needs some training. He needs to die a couple more times before <laughs> he's at the Witch King's level. They go grind out some XP. Yeah. So he the Witch King ensnares Talion, but before he is uh, killed, he is quote-unquote, saved by a mysterious elf lady who just shows up and starts fucking up Nazgul, like, fucking slicing dice. Like nobody's business. Yeah, like Guy Fieri <laughs> fucking in the kitchen or something. She comes out of nowhere. She just starts, like, she starts fighting the Nazgul. She's slicing him up, but she also realizes that, like, she's not going to get anywhere. Like, he's too badly injured, and there's, like, nine of them. She's fighting all over the place. She's got to get away. So what does she do? The next best thing, she kills Talion. <laughs> she just stabs him in the heart. She just stabs him, kills him, and leaves him to die because obviously she knows who he is, apparently. We don't know who she is, but she knows who he is, and she's going to take a gamble like that. <laughs> don't worry, he'll just come back. Yep. Yeah. But for right now, the Nazgul can't take him. He's dead. Uh, so you wake up, and her name, she tells you that her name is El Tariel. And she is all, like, basically, how do I want to introduce this? Her name is Eltario, and she also says that her name is like the Blade of Galadriel. Now, Galadriel is obviously the Lady of Light. Um, anybody who knows the lore, the Lady of Lothlorien, Galadriel, she's like a, again, she's basically like a demigod in the world like super powerful being one of the original like beings that were created at the beginning of time in this universe that we're talking about the whole lord of the rings series and stuff super powerful lady and this and this elf girl that just showed up is like her personal assassin which Kella Brimbar is actually she's kind of funny <laughs> he's just like He's like, I never see the day that Galadriel would stoop to assassins. <laughs> yeah, he thinks that she's too good and she's too good to use assassins. She's just like, yeah, well, times have changed. <laughs> some people need some shit. But she's also wearing like this. She's wearing like the bracer of Galadriel. She's actually using like one of the ancient artifacts and it's called like the light of Galadriel and stuff like that. So like when she's fighting the Nazgul, she's able to like emit these like rays of light that like shield her from like them hitting her and That's stuff cool. like that yeah That's she's cool. actually yeah. wielding a weapon that was you know from galadriel while galadriel's wherever the fuck she's at right now doing whatever uh i have some honorable mentions in some of this before we move on actually and something they just like come in like i want to say they're like side quest only because like it goes along with the entire... You have to, like, do these missions I'm pretty to, like, keep going, I'm pretty sure, in the storyline. But, uh... They're not pertinent. They're not really pertinent to, like, where you're going. And, yeah. like, the whole thing during Sauron. It's just, like, little... St Basically, like, I was telling you before, like, in this, when you do your armies, instead of, like, just having, like, one story mission where you have an army and you, you know, do it, like, last game. This, you, like, actually build armies. You can, like upgrade captains you can like set you can like send death threats you can like 
dominate an orc, send a death threat to a captain, and then follow up on it. Mm. You can send other captains to fight other captains to, like, make each other stronger, and, like, whoever wins, to they'll have, like, fights to the death, and whoever wins, like, they go up a notch or something like that. Like, it's super in-depth, this thing. But anyway, you can build these armies up, pick your captains, and then lay siege to the fucking castles, and then take out the war that's chiefs, cool. and that's how you take over the different areas. But... They can also take them from you. Yeah. They can also come out and t- lay siege to your castle, and then you have to defend it. So it's kind of cool. Super in-depth. The combat system is really crazy. Um, but yeah, these side quests, uh, there's Bruce, the Olakai. They're like these big fucking troll. I'm pretty sure they're half orc, half troll. And uh, they're just these big, massive fuckers, and you can still dominate them, even though they're fucking, they're big. And Bruce is just like a funny one. He has really funny dialogue, and uh, nice. He basically, has this thing where like you dominate him, and he has he just has this really funny dialogue. He just like just like tries to talk all slick and stuff like that. <laughs> but then eventually, he like breaks the hold that you have in his mind. Oh, uh, yeah, and he turns against you. And damn it, like, Bruce. Yeah, it's this kind of cool thing, and. Uh, that's where uh, Ratbag comes back. Woo, Ratbag! Yeah, Ratbag doesn't die. He he makes a comeback in it, and uh, him and Bruce have this like fucking this little thing that they go on. There's also Karnan, the uh, like there's the forest of Karnan, and Karnan is like this woodland spirit where like she'll make like caragors and like drakes out of like trees and bark shit and you can like ride them and use them and stuff like that and it's really kind of cool like you fight her at first when you first meet her because she doesn't know who you are and then you just you kind of win like you fend her off and then talion like make because kellabrimbar right right away when he knows who he is he's like yeah you just lay your sword down right now he's like put it down now and he's just like i'm not fucking putting my sword down this fucking thing's attacking me he's like just do it like just fucking do it. So you fight, you fight off kind of Karnan, and then you're like bragging to Keller Brimbar, like she ain't that tough. <laughs> and then you like this branch comes out and just grabs you by the foot and just sends you fucking flying. <laughs> yeah, you're just like yeah. And this fucking woodland spirit shows up, and uh, you do some missions like that. And then there's also Zog the Eternal. Zog really annoying motherfucker he's a necromancer he's just like this necromancer orc in the fucking story mode and he just keeps bringing shit back (laughs) and they keep bringing him back and it's fucking (laughs) annoying (laughs) oh it starts out it starts off with like uh he brings back a balrog which is like that big fire monster that uh gandalf fights in the here's a balrog have fun yeah this giant fucking ancient fucking balrog named targaroth he brings this thing back to life and you have to fight it you have to hunt it through mordor you take it down and then eventually it starts like his followers start like you got to find him and kill him and then his followers start bringing him back to life and he's just this annoying motherfucker <laughs> he's just but but it's it, pretty challenging and it's definitely a, he's definitely a memorable character um at that um El- the the girl Altariel who is wielding the uh who's wielding the light of galadriel she wants you to hunt the nine she's like super into that she's been hunting them for years she tells you that she's like killed every the nazgul's right yep the nazgul the nine nazgul i apologize for uh, what is the point of hunting them if they just come back exactly that's a part where like italian was like trying to say he's like have you like fought have you fought these ones before and she's just like i've killed them all multiple times I just <laughs> yep and that's what he kind of says he's like what's the point of even fighting and and i can't really i can't really 
I didn't. I remember reading over that part, but I can't remember exactly what she says about keep fighting. But it's just like you know, sacrifices. What's she gonna do? Not, and then yeah. everything's just gonna be orcs. Well, I guess if you kill them, they take time to regenerate. Yeah, they don't just, just pop back into existence instantaneously. Yeah. It's yeah. And she's days. an elf. Yeah, she's so got it's all like the time in the world. Yeah. So I guess if you kill them, you can keep them off of other people for a couple days and and to be real if she's if she's just literally been hunting the nazgul like she's a badass bitch yeah she's getting skill like Like, she has to be like one of the best fucking swordsmen in the entire fucking world at this point if you're just hunting nine targets simultaneously all the time yeah Yeah, and then nazguls like that's insane insane yeah but anyway uh she wants you to go after the Nine, and you think, well, hell yeah, that's a pretty good idea. So she tells you to go back to Minas Ethel, which is now, bum, 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 I told you guys it was going to change names. What do you think it was? I don't remember. Trick, yeah, I was going to say, trick question, I already told you. Yes. But it's Minas Morgul, which is uh, the, the home of the Nine in Lord of the Rings, um, when Gollum is taking uh, Frodo and Sam up. Like the big fucking cliff stairs and is taking them through Shelob's lair, the giant place where the nine come out and send the whole armies of Mordor out. That's where Minas Ethel, the last Gondorian stronghold, hmm. that's what this used to be. So you actually see like the change. You know, it used to be yeah. you, know, you and all these Gondorians fighting to take the city, and now the city's fucking corrupted and taken over by the Witch King and the nine. The Witch King. Yep. So uh, you return to Minas Ethel, which is now Minas Morgul, to hunt the Nazgul. Uh, when you, at this point in the game, when you defeat the Nazgul, you learn that you can start to dominate them. And when you do, you start seeing, like, into their past, like I was saying. So, wait, before. do you make them, like, fight for you then? You don't make them fight for you. You kind of, like, banish them. Huh. You kind of, like, banish their, like, from where they are. And I basically, I think it's kind of, like, They'll just regenerate again because you can't fully, you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're held. They they're also have. Back. They still have rings of power. Yeah, that's part of their ring of power. They can't yeah. be truly destroyed. Yeah, you get these like little visions into who they used to be, even though it's been so long and stuff like that. Mm. Which, if you don't, if people don't remember, the Nazgul were the kings of men. Exactly. They were. They were the nine kings of men that got rings of power and were corrupted. So. Uh, the first one he defeats there, which is uh, which is like uh, at Minas Morgul, was Suladin. I think that's the way you have to say it. Suladin, which was a Numenorian king who Sauron, uh, when Sauron was in power back in the Second Age, this Numenorian king amassed an entire army, marched on Sauron's tower, and Sauron surrendered to him. Like he Damn. just gave up without a fight. You dumb motherfucker. <laughs> why, why would you believe him? But he does, and he gives him a ring of power in, like, basically in submission, like, as a gift. As oh, a, I'm sorry. Here, yep, take, here, this, take this magical yep. ring to augment your strength. Yep, yep. And he was, uh... Oh, jolly gee, thanks! Yep, he was corrupted. Mm-hmm. And that and it kind of, that was, like, a good cutscene. It, like, shows you how he corrupted one of the king kings into the Nazgul. There was also, this is a good one, Helm Hammerhand. Yes. If you remember, Gimli says, like, uh, when they're at Helm's Deep... Helm Hammerhead, he's like the the horn of Helm Hammerhand. He was the basically the greatest king that Rohan ever had. Great, like, sure, he was like a great warrior and stuff like that. They just mentioned that he was the greatest king in the game. Um, 
but his rage knew no bounds. Mm-hmm. And when he was dominated, it showed him when he basically there was this man at the time who wanted to marry his daughter. He didn't want him to marry his daughter. So uh Oh no. Yeah, there's a squirmish. He was he was uh he was shot and he was on his deathbed when do 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 who comes in? Sauron. Have this ring. <laughs> It'll save you. It'll you won't die. Mm. And uh yeah, so he gives him this ring. Uh Helm Hammerhead is fucking now he's all juiced up on fucking super dark steroids. Sauron steroids, and he goes after dude. But when he goes after the dude, he's like so pissed off and he tries to kill him. His daughter, you really basically realize that his daughter never like his daughter wanted to be with the dude. And he's just this crazy fucking old bastard that won't let his daughter marry who she wants. And he ends up killing his daughter. And then from the rage of realizing that he killed his fucking daughter, he just kills everyone. He kills <laughs> oh, like great. he kills like the dude. He kills his fucking guard. And then when like his own men like try to like come up and like stop him, he ends up fucking tearing apart his own fucking men and stuff Damn. like that. Yeah. Dang. And he come and he falls to the power of the power of the rings. Um in that vision, though, in Helm Hammerhead, Talion sees that when Caleb, when Sauron gave the ring to him, Celebrimbar was standing right behind Sauron in the background. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like now Talion understands, like, yo, you were with him this whole time. Like, what the fuck? Like, you had the audacity to make another ring after you fuck it, after you specifically saw what these did to all these men. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't pull any punches. Like, you really see like how it like how it turned them and how it corrupted them and stuff. It really paints that picture and stuff. And Celebrimbar just like kind of like fights it and says like, yo, I thought I was, you know, he tricked me. <laughs> he tricked me. He tricked no me. No fair. I, I didn't I know. Made an oopsies. I didn't know. He big brain played me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, the last one that you get to, uh, the last of the Nazgul that you get to make is a seal door. A seal door. Yep. A seal door. They play that as like after they killed a seal door, after he had the ring, he was still corrupted by it for too long. They brought his body back and then Sauron gave him a new one. Mm-hmm. Gave him another one and it brought him back and he fucking and, and um I don't know if it's because of this, but his power as a Nazgul was necromancy. Like he would fucking like raise in this one mission when you go after him, in this one he raises like these fallen Gondorian soldiers. And then you gotta fight him. Well, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, and you're well, not for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh no. And that's that out- one thing I in like the movies and stuff. I was always like, I wish the Nazgul showed more power. Yeah. In the movies, yeah, they're pretty badass swordsmen, but that's it. There's mm-hmm. they have like no, and they fly on those fucking yep beasts. You just know really that they're cool. the, like the old kings of men, but and then you, there's no backstory. Yeah, but that's it. Like. But you know they're the most powerful beings, like yeah. one of the most powerful beings to be like. If you the walk powerful up to darkest. an Asgul, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. Like there's no hope. But so I've always liked wondered, you know, what are their powers? Yeah. I mean, obviously they're better than just swordsmen. Yeah. So like necromancy, like that's cool. Yeah. He could bring up the dead. Like I said, Helms was just like, he was just so, like, his rage. Like, he was, like, obviously a big old warrior, you know, from Rohan and stuff. So, like, when that's probably what his ring amplified in him. Made him, like, super strong. Would rip fucking throw people and shit like that. So, yeah, I thought it was really cool how they brought the Nazgul into it. And they give this, like, history behind it and stuff like that. And also brought, like, familiar names 
back into the fold too. They kept it really with the lure. Like I said, the most canon, non-canon game you'll ever play. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, you amass an army. You march back on uh, Barrett Door. I can never say the fucking... You mark on, march on Sauron's Tower. You Talion, Calabrimbar, and Eltariel. You all fucking amass this army, and you go up on the bridge. You're fighting. Uh, eventually, a sealed door does ascend down on you, because you haven't got rid of him yet. Um... And he eventually, after a long battle, he falls. And when he does, he drops his ring. Oops. Daddy Sealdor. Um, when you're doing this, Celebrimbar tries to basically enslave Isildur. But when Talion sees his past and he sees like everything that he went through, like and everything, like he just decides to like let him go and mm. banish him. Celebrimbar doesn't like that. He thinks this is a bad idea. And he said he was not yours to let go. And Talion's like, he wasn't yours to enslave, motherfucker. Who are you? And then again, this is where you start to see it. Like, okay, like, what? What's the difference? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Good what? Italian. Yeah. What? What am I doing? Like, um, or what are we doing here? This isn't why I fought this entire time and stuff like that. Um, yeah, just to be Saruman. Yeah. Just yeah. become Sauron. Yeah. Like, I think the quote is, uh, I did not trade one dark lord for a bright one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. Like, or trade one lord for another. But I'm pretty sure, I think it was, I did not trade yeah, one. Probably the bright thing. I did not fight all this, like, all this time to trade one dark lord for a bright one. Um, at this, Celebrimbar kind of comes to, like, the end of his wits with Talion. Like he, he wants, <laughs> he wants the power for himself. He wants to go, he wants to defeat Sauron and he wants to take all of his fucking power for himself. And that's exactly, it's exactly what we were just talking about. He actually does want to do that plan and Talion doesn't want to. So there's another body nearby in El Tario. Just takes the Nazgul he just, body. No, he just he takes the elf. Oh, she ends up agreeing with him. Basically, is like, yo, we. She's been fighting her whole life to take on Sauron, and now they're in this position where like we can go fight Sauron and fucking take all this. You know what I mean? And like we can make the balance of Middle Earth and stuff like that. So he unbinds him. Celebrimbar unbinds himself from Talion, which, if you remember. Kills him. Now Italian's dying, and he binds himself to Altariel, like, full-time. Calabrimbar doesn't even say anything to, to Italian as he's, like, laying on the ground dying. Like, wow. Altariel kind of feels bad for him, and she's just like, like, I'll make sure your sacrifice isn't, like, in vain. Like, we're going to go take out Sauron at least. You know what I mean? Like, that's, hands down, that's what we're going to do. But doesn't really help Italian and all that. At this... They leave. Talion's just lying there on the fucking ground, dying. Again. Yep, yep. For like the third, fifth, seventeenth time, you know. But he's taken over by uh, a bunch of like little spiders and Shelob's brood basically show up and like uh, he gets this vision and then he goes into the spirit world again and he gets this vision from Shelob and she basically tells him like how much, yeah I told you at the beginning of this, like how much are you willing to sacrifice? Like and he's like, I gave up everything. And she's like, not everything. Not yet. 
And down on the ground is still laying Isildur's ring of power. Talion wakes up from the vision. He looks over and he puts Isildur's ring on. Now, this is also a ring of power, but it's also corrupted by Sauron. Correct. And Isildur had those cool necromancy powers. (laughs) (laughs) So now Talion has a corrupted ring of power. And he turned... He didn't turn into a Nazgul, but he has like the powers of the Nazgul. So he goes back to Minas Ethil, and he's trying to take it back. Shelob basically tells him, like, hey, you can put this ring of power on. You can withstand the power of Sauron as long as you can. And Minas Morgul, if you go back there and take it over, the forces, uh, Sauron's forces can be held back from there. As long as you stay from, as long as you can fight them from there and take that back, you can, like make sure that the orcs don't get back into middle earth that was the whole point behind it so you go all the way back to Minas morgul as a fucking with the ring of power with the sealed ring of power and you fight the fucking witch king of angmar and his fucking cronies and shit like that and you beat that motherfucker out of his home you try to look at a funny part is you try to look into his mind and he just laughs at you He says that his soul is too far gone for that, that there's like just no part of his humanity left that you could even see. So I like, am darkness yeah. incarnate. So you just, yeah, so you just banish him. You just you just shoo him away. Bye. Yep, and you take his goddamn home. <laughs> this um, is mine. Yeah. This is my chair. Yeah. And uh from the beginning of the game, they have the Palantir there. <laughs> so you look into the Palantir and Talion sees Celebrimbar and Eltariel go to the Tower of Baradur and fight Sauron, which, cool ending. Cool fucking ending. You fight as Eltariel and Celebrimbar up on the tower, and you fight fucking Sauron and his forms and stuff like that. Uh, you end up winning, and you kind of like, you. Uh, the cutscene takes, takes a place and you walk up as the wraith and the girl and stuff like that and you try to dominate sauron and stuff and you end up doing it like you basically like you you fucking take him over and stuff like that and he's kind of laying there and then eventually he just grabs your hand right when you think she has him slices off her fucking fingers right where the ring is taken and it separates the it separates the Eltariel from Celebrimbar, and Celebrimbar is just like standing there in like limbo and stuff like that. So he does the only thing that he can think of, and he fucking runs up this fucking Sauron, and they both fucking just like absorb each other, and boom. Now they like from that like from both of those spirits together like absorbing through each other, it created the eye. Oh. on the top of the tower of Baradur, and that's how they explain the eye. The eye is both Celebrimbar and Sauron in a constant power struggle, neither one of them being able to have a host out of it because they're both spirits. And the ring would turn that tide, so mm-hmm. that makes sense in that. But right none of, whether it's always following the ring. But none of them have it because there's no host. Yeah. Because he just cut it off and everything like that. So that's how that's how they weave that, like... The eye in Lord of the Rings is actually Celebrimbar and Sauron. Suppose, okay, this isn't canon. Like I said, yeah, none of this is canon. None of this is canon, but that's how they weaved it. Cool. Um, yeah, that's they're cool. in just this perpetual battle, and that's what created like the magic eye. Um, like I said, you see that all as uh, Italian and stuff like that. And there's other DLCs where, like later on, after that fact, you get to play as like El Tariel 
and you actually meet up with Talion as he's like with his wraith powers and stuff like that as he's like fighting off the the corruption of Sauron to become a Nazgul because that's what the ring's doing to him slowly but surely it's slowly corrupting him and eventually just like the other great kings of men it, we're getting to that um Talion's fate for decades, he sat at Minas Morgul and he just fought and he did exactly what you did in the game. He just fought back orcs and orcs and orcs forever for decades. And then eventually the ring took him. Eventually it was just too much and he joined the nine. And uh, so, yeah, they weave that into Lord of the Rings as he was all the way on March 25th, 3019, when the day that uh frodo and Gollum cast the ring into the fires of mountain doom and you know you see that big uh they actually show the scene where the ring goes into the lava and then it shows from the return of the king where the nazgul are taken out by all the fire from mountain doom and stuff he was one of them he was there all that day. like he went to the shire he was one of the nine that showed up for Frodo and stuff like that and fought Gandalf and stuff like that in the book. Like, that's how they weave all that. Like, he was just one of the nine. That's cool. Was Talion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then eventually, like, at the end, like, when he does die, like, when uh, when the ring's destroyed and everything like that, it, it like, shows you this cutscene of Talion, like, actual Talion, not Wraith Talion. Him, like, walking off with his Gondor. He gets to, like, take off his armor and, you know, put his swords down and stuff. And his soul was finally set free to fucking, you know, walk and move on. That's cool. Yeah, that's how they weave it. They weave it as him. He uh, he just fought forever and turned into, eventually, he just turned into one of the Nazgul. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> out of all that, out of all that fucking whole game, you just, he just turned out to be one of the Nazgul. <laughs> gets, you get to stab Frodo. Yeah. Nope. That was the Witch King. Oh, okay. You don't get the stab, Frodo. But he was there. Yeah. He got his ass kicked by Aragorn. <laughs> Maybe he's one of the ones that, like, stabbed the beds in, like, the, uh... Yep. Uh, yep. In the inn. Well, possibly. Because there's actually, um... When... There's only four of them. Yeah. There's, or there's yeah, there's only four of them then. And the other ones are after Gandalf. Hmm. Actually, during that time. I, I was just reading on some lore... Uh, earlier, and I and I figured that out too. When Arwen shows up, and she's like, "There are like five race, or there's five. She's like, "There are five race behind you. Where the other four are, I cannot say. There, <laughs> five of them are going after them, and four of them are after Gandalf. <laughs> Poor Gandalf. <laughs> oh, I got get out of here. <laughs> yeah, basically, like that entire time. Okay, you know where he gives Frodo the ring, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, keep it secret." Keep it in that envelope. And keep just, a secret, keep it safe. Yep. And then he comes back. Eight years. Oh. Eight years over. Because for eight years, him and Aragorn search for Gollum. Like, when he's saying, like, I search for the creature Gollum, they search for eight years. Jesus. Him and, him and Aragorn search for eight years for Gollum, and, he, and Aragorn finally found him, but it was after. That's how they knew everything that had happened. It was after the orcs let him go. Aragorn found him, and, te- and then Gandalf came, interrogated him, and that's how he found out. You know what I mean? You got cast in the fire. Yeah, bro. Some crazy fucking shit. Hmm. That's cool, though. Also, oh, other... It's weaved together. Yeah, bro. It's really cool how, like, this non-canon, uh... This non-canon story, like, weaves so much of, like, the facts, like, artifacts and I'm stuff. Saying, yeah, and for the most part, it's all 
good. Yeah. Like, what's really cool about it is like the cool artifacts you can find from the orcs. Like I said, it gives them like personality. You can like go around in the game, find collectibles, quote unquote, collectibles. And it like when you go into like the compendiums or like the into the lore, you can look at these artifacts and it describes like what it had to do in the orcs' lives and like their everyday, day to day lives and stuff. It also like. It talks to you about the animals and like the flora in the area too. Like not super in depth. It's not like The Witcher. It's not like you're in a fucking not books and books and shit. Yeah, hey. it's ridiculous amounts of fucking stuff. But it explains stuff like that just to try to give you like a little bit more in depth into like the Lord of the Rings lore, the world, the I guess the culture of the orcs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a cool game. Hell yeah, it was a really cool game combat system super cool you got really cool animations with slaughtering motherfuckers like i said you're just slaughtering orcs all day long and you're yeah. finding cool ways to do it too there's like all sorts of traps that you can do that you can set let's you can get inventive yeah you can sick animals on them you can dominate the animals and then just ride the animals and fuck them up like i said you could uh you could send death threats you could like dominate an orc, send a death threat to another orc, and then make them fight each other to the death. <laughs> you could have two captains fight each other in like an arena battle, and they fight each other to the death, and then the the winner like gets promoted. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's this whole fucking system. But then eventually they can break from you. Like I said, all the like they just it's really crazy, really crazy in depth. Like, the, the combat system and, and how they made, like, them adapt and all that. Really crazy. Seth, you need to get it. Yeah. I definitely... I'll play through it at some point. Yeah. And now you just get, like, a highlight reel of it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like I said, there's fucking... All those different side missions and stuff like that. Plus, like, actually, even me just blabbing my fucking mouth here about it doesn't do it justice at all yeah those cutscenes are i mean you saw the oh yeah you that saw the uh, of the audio clip the bright lord audio clip tell your lord i come for him Shh. it's fucking hilarious i was like i remember the first time i saw that i was like wide-eyed and everything i was like <laughs> yeah like no, that is it's... a fucking intense scene that's one of the most intense scenes i saw in a video game <laughs> and yeah, it's that moment you're like, holy Calibrimbor is, uh, he's on the edge of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, and he's probably jumped already. <laughs> yeah, man. He's fucking jacked. He was fucking jacked. Well, hey, that's been another long one. Hell yeah. It's Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. We'll see you next time, kids. Peace. Have a good one. <laughs>